Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. My name is Noel. I'm not your normal host, JD. He's going to be joining us a little later. But with me today is Brian. Hey, Noel. How are you? Oh, that was okay. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, and also, Len, say something more than hello. <laughs> Yo, what's up? How let your boy. This is Len, aka the Bat Triple. Guys, I think we nailed that. Um, so, so we don't have letters this morning. Uh, we don't have letters. But we have no letters. No, 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 no letters. <laughs> um, but we do have a really, really packed show uh, today. So uh, anybody that's even just like remotely uh, in the nerd nerd sphere, and I don't know, whatever, just pays it pays slight attention to anything that they're fans of, knows that this past week, only like three days ago, um, Disney just unloaded. Uh, just a, a metric ton of original content that's coming to all of their streaming channels, and it was a perfect time to resurrect Gutter Talk. So that's more than a than a U.S. ton, right? It's a metric. Well, yeah, yes, more than yes. an imperial ton. Cool. <laughs> uh, so as far as metaphors go, it's more than a normal metaphoric ton. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so we um, we didn't want to abandon all comic books. We just picked three of the ones that we thought would be the most um, engaging conversation. We're going to plow through them, and then we're going to talk about all the really fun Disney stuff that was announced in regards to Star Wars and Marvel, and maybe have a special guest a little later on. So, I mean, would you guys mind if we just jump? What well, a super special guest! Special guest. Oh, there you go. Let's get let's give him his properties. Yeah, super. But special. JD should also be joining us, probably. Yeah, he's, he's likely going I hope yeah. to goodness he's gonna awkwardly jump in as soon as humanly possible and probably chide us on the fact that we started the show twice. Yeah, and are still talking about our first comic, no matter when he decides to join us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what? let's jump let's jump right into it. The first one's a bit of a doozy, so I I pushed for this because I I read it out of uh, habit of having to read like all of these these branded titles and was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it, and just kind of kept forcing it on you guys. So I'm obviously referring to Dark Knight's Death Metal, The Last Stories of the DC Universe, number one by DC Comics, written by (sighs) Scott Snyder, Gail Simone, Jeff Lemire, Joshua Williamson, James Tinian IV, Mariko Tamaki, Mark Wade, and more. With art by Raphael Albuquerque, Travis Moore, Mirka Adolfo, Francis Manipel, and more. Diamond has this to say. Oh, wait, sorry, it's not Diamond anymore. Solicits have this to say. The last battle against the the Batman who laughs is at hand. The final fight for everything in the universe. And while the night is usually darkest before the dawn, what would be the last thing that you'd do if you weren't sure the dawn would ever arrive? Join our heroes in their waning hours as we show their journeys through what could be their final moments. Heroes that have fought a million times before but are keenly aware this could be their endgame. These are the solemn moments, the stolen moments, detailing the last stories of the DC universe. So, obviously, I 
was just beside myself with how much I actually enjoyed this because I was expecting another tie-in of anthologies that was just boring as hell with maybe one shining spot. I found it to be the other way around. I enjoyed the shit out of all of this except one of the seven, which was a solid average for me. So what did you guys think? I want to take a guess, and because I, I felt the same way, and I wonder if it was the same one. Noel, was your one the Aquaman story? Yeah, I thought that was boring as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't, um, so the, there was seven stories. One was a bridging story. One was a, an epilogue and a prologue or prologue and epilogue hmm. of, uh, like a, a bookendic story about the Titans. And then a bunch of like little inserts in between. It was essentially the trilogy. And then, you know, an Aquaman and a, and a green arrow story. Right. And a walk. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. green lantern yeah. story was oh. cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Going really cool. I mean, we could probably go through them really, you know, let's, do you want to go through them really fast? Uh, let's do it. General sure. impressions overall though, Len, what did you think? Um, hey, I think for the most part, I thought it was uh, pretty good. I thought the art for the most part was pretty good. The, the, some of the stories were decent. There were, unlike you two, there were two that I ultimately sided mm. uh, uh, on. I don't care about this. Um, but, and I don't like, well, not, no, I shouldn't say don't care. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, overall it was cool. I mean, it's not, you know, what is what it is. It's the, it's the, the calm before the storm as it were, yeah. you know, the, the big finale, um, uh, as it were, which is cool, except, and this is the real stickler I'll pick on at the end. It it doesn't quite stick the landing because it still can't help but be a DC book. And I'll tell you about that when we're finished. Oh, I'm excited now. Okay. Uh, the first one, the first one is the, is the front end, the back, the Titan story. It was essentially a Donna Troy story uh, mm -hmm. written by like five writers uh, with really great art by Travis Moore. Mm -hmm. And I like oh, yeah. seeing all of the different, like, uh, you know, just like a history retrospective, kind of the different teams. Uh, yeah, that was fun. They did a really cool um, kind of a layout of uh, Garth and uh, and Donna walking through these. So essentially, it's the end of the world, and hmm. all of the Titans, former and current, have just kind of found themselves at Titans Mountain. Mountain. Uh, no, it's Themyscira. Our, I think all of this takes place on Themyscira. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. So just, they found themselves just gathering at the beach. Yeah. Okay. yeah they, they found themselves basically gathering with their tribe. You know, yeah. you were Titans, you were always Titans, so this is where yeah. you want to be. You know, and Donna yeah. is off by herself, kind of like contemplating the end of the world and uh, Garfield comes up and he tries to console her. Um, and what you were speaking about the layout is at one moment, they're kind of like walking and talking. It turns into an uh, Aaron Sorkin play and they are walking through all the past iterations of the, of the Titans or uh, teen Titans or teen Titans, depending on ah, the generation. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, right, you guys remember this Adam one? Speaking of generations. Oh, I the, do remember that. One. I like that one. With I, Arden. I, I, and, uh, yeah, I, I did not like that one. Um, that made absolutely <laughs> no sense to me. Um, See, I was young enough at the time. Definitely you're wrong. <laughs> I was young enough at the time. Looking back, I'm like, how was that the Teen Titans? But at the time, I was like, oh, a group called the Teen Titans. This is cool. I know the other ones exist, but 
Um, you know, the fact that they were doing a totally different thing didn't really dawn on me. Young Justice was there too, but yeah, and they even they even uh, like call out, you know, like what are they here for? Like, yeah, they mm-hmm. yeah well, plus they're also Teen Titans now, right? In the in the current Titans book, all of them are Young Justice. You know? is Young Justice. They're Young Justice. Yeah. No, I mean all of the not the team, but like like Connor is on the Titans now, and that you know what I mean. Like they all could be there. Is he not? Is he not in the Titans book right now? I don't no. know. I don't huh. think so. I, I mean, don't think so though. I don't hear there. It's yeah. it's um it's it's a it's a Titans past, present, and future kind of all together. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and everyone uh, like the record scratches when Wally shows up because for those of you that don't remember. Wally murdered a lot of people and then hit it and then traversed the time and space. I don't know. Whatever they're doing with Wally these days. What I didn't like about that is that if you just picked up this book, there's no real allusion to why everybody's giving Wally the stink face. You know what I no. mean? You no, know it. it yeah. If you've been reading it, you know, but they really don't give any type of dialogue to it whatsoever. No, um, except it. When they, they resurrect a character later, right? Well, yes, yeah, like nod. That was weird. Yeah, but that was weird because that was after you know, Wally. You, you know, they yeah. have like a, a moment of a, a really quick moment, like you know, kumbaya with Wally, and then uh, you know, uh, zombie Arsenal or Roy Harper <laughs> shows up, um, and that was really, do- really weird. I do love the fact that it was a, a zombie Roy Harper. This was this is. I mean, let's just talk about it. Is this the DC of it all? Like zombie Roy Harper shows up and he's just like, "It's okay that you murdered me out of fear." Yeah, I like no worries. Just like he tips his hat and you're just like, yeah. "No one's weirded out that that's a zombie." <laughs> no. Okay. Right. Right. Just came up, you know, battle armored up, ready to fight, like. Like no, that that's not the way this thing happens. That's not the way <laughs> these things play out. You know, especially if you're in the DC universe, you're used to people coming back from the dead. But when they come back from the dead, they usually look like they did yesterday. Right, they're back. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right. But dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he literally just uh, walked out I of did, a Robert I do love, I do love the. Hey, it's all right. You murdered me. <laughs> We've been yeah. through a lot together. It's so weird. Uh, anyway, so that that was a that was a weird like little endstone. But then it gets into the one shots. So or the, the I, little. I have, a, I have a question. Who are the? No, you pointed to this team at the end, so it made me think you might know about them. the The last team that they show on the team no, breakdown. Please. Yeah, there's like a Hawkman character, a Hawk character in the Teen Titans, which I. Which one? Wait a minute. Which one are you talking about? The very last one here. Yeah. So, it's. It feels like so. There's like a, a Joker. Oh, I can tell you exactly who that is. That is the Joker. That is the Teen Titans from the seventies. When the Teen Titans book ended in the early seventies, was canceled, mm-hmm. and then it was it was um, brought back, and they brought it back in uh, as if it had never been canceled. Like let's so let's say it got canceled at issue number sixty three. They came back years later with issue number sixty four. Um, but when they came back, and it looked, I think it only lasted like another like ten or twelve issues before it was canceled again. Um, but they had um, Robin, you know, all all your favorites: Robin, Wonder Girl, mm-hmm. Kid Flash, Aqualad. Um, that Joker girl was um, Joker's daughter. I think at one time she kind of maybe went by Harlequin, but she was called like Joker's daughter. Duella um, Dent. 
Is that? Yes, that's okay. Duella Dent. Okay. It was Lilith um, Nark, who was like this um, uh, uh, kind of like a, ne- a Neanderthal dude. And the Hawk guy, hmm. I can't remember his name, but there was like a Hawk guy. I think he was called like Golden Victory or something like that. Real corny, real cheesy, <laughs> real cheesy. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, they lasted like for maybe probably as long as that panel. That's as long as their book, <laughs> their book was out there. Memorable. Was he related, <laughs> was he related to the to the Hawkman? Mythos no, or? he wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I think he was just a dude who found some wings in the trash. He was like, "Yo." Who would throw out a perfectly good pair of wings? I could use these. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, I mean, dude, it was really, really it was really bad. It was some bad stuff, man. So, so the first story is Green Lantern, uh, Last Night by Jeff Lemire and Raphael Albuquerque. It is how being interesting for eight pages. Mm. Uh, I thought it was really great. Like he, he just kind of talks about how everyone's off doing their last minute stuff and being with their loved ones and having beers and I. I, I don't know why I just, just want to fly. So that's his thing. And then he comes across his a former mentor who wants to spend his last day in his old uniform, which I thought was a really kind of cool story. I, I, uh, it also kind of, um, when Sinestro kind of asks, like, fights back at him like uh, Hal Hal is just like why why the why the hell would I give you a green ring and Sinestro's just like <laughs> parallax <laughs> oh, stones. um which I thought was a really cool beat this was fun I like this story I like this story a lot what'd you guys think yeah I enjoyed it too I love a good sort of like finding the possibility of redemption and or lightness in the character and he you know he because he sought it out himself you know he wanted to go back and uh uh yeah so that was very cool and you know one last one last uh fight as a green lantern which to be fair i doubt he will be in a green lantern uniform in death metal six if he shows up (laughs) but um that doesn't matter for this story uh and uh yeah just like you know hal empowered as one of the last green lanterns is like yeah Join up uh, once again. I didn't buy this until I mean I was loving the art all the all the way around because you can't you can't knock you know the art, but I wasn't buying it until Sinestro after he puts on the ring and he says the oath and he says the line. I forgot what it was like to not feel fear again. Mm. Yeah, and. I said, when he said that, I was like, all right, I can buy this. I can I can buy that the jerk that Sinestro has been his entire life is because for one reason or another, there was an insecurity in him. You know what I mean? A fear in him. And him embracing this made him feel, you know, he felt the difference, you know. Now, ultimately, whether or not this will make a difference for him moving forward, we all know the answer to this, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We've read comics. But it it was enough that I could buy this story. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I I, I landed on the side of like, all right, I'm I'm with it. This is kind of cool. Yeah, he was always one who, who 
but it, you know, was it's one of the stronger villains in the category of I think I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, he yeah. always believed in being a Green Lantern. It's just he feels the Green Lanterns turned against the right way to go for him. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really dug it. It was. It's a. It's you can always buy him. I actually prefer him more anti-hero-ish than mm-hmm. pure mustache twirling villain. Yeah, uh, me too. Because when he's mustache twirling villain, he's not interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like when when he was uh, one of the main baddies and uh, as a part of the Legion of Doom in this last run of of Justice League, he was he was incredibly boring because he was just he was just like a gun. Uh, but in like John's run, when he's used as um, he's one of those villains where you you he I mean he's not wrong. He's just murderous and awful about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think I, when you make I, when you make him like the mustache twirling. I think you're leaning into his look because let's face it, he looks like a villain. He does. He's I mean, that mustache. I, I mean, want to twirl that mustache. That's yeah. incredibly impressive. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and if you were to twirl his his uh, his mustache, you know, sin- uh, sinisterly, no, <laughs> I wonder if you have an idea of what we that might look like. Oh, 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 yeah. That's a odd callback. Let me get at it. <laughs> I mean, if he were to sinisterly and or handsomely twirl his mustache, I imagine it would be... Oh, <laughs> oh goodness gracious. That was a real whoa moment. <laughs> Sorry, visually, uh, anybody that's just listening to the podcast, visually, we, we've found these like stupid gifts that we're just going to use as much as humanly possible. Right. And if you're audibly listening to the podcast, why aren't you visually watching us? I know. Tune in and, uh, every Sunday morning. Maybe they're driving. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you could just, you could put it on and just like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's safe. Uh, but anyway, uh, so like, let me get into a um, a Wonder Woman story, which is which is kind of just like a referendum on on the the power of Wonder Woman. It's a little bit more of a talky, um, mm. the reason why we fight type of story. It was very competent. Didn't blow my socks away. Art was nice, um, but as as far as like you know, uh, blockbusters go, it was just like okay, cool, I like it. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it doesn't, it didn't do anything for me either. It's just like, eh. Mm, mm. Mm. Um. It was just, it was just, uh, it was just solid. Like a lot of this was just solid. The the Green Arrow Dinah uh, Black Canary story was fine. It was cute. The art was cute. The story was cute. It was just cute. Um, this it it did it did uh it tacked on something that I thought was pretty interesting. Like uh, it, I this whole event is so big and so weird that I forget that it is like fractured. It's fractured universes and stories and timelines all kind of merging into one, or or all on one battlefield, and and they happen to meet uh, a potential daughter of theirs in another universe, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty. Interesting. I also like the twist of uh, the difference between her parents and them is that uh, Dinah Lance is Green Arrow on her world, and Oliver Queen is the Black Canary. Uh, yeah, with with, with, with fishnets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fishnet. Yeah, fishnet sleeves, a fishnet tank fishnet top. Sleeves, which is yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah. 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 And her costume uh, is pretty cool too. Um I like the art overall on this. I, I was with you, Noel. I, I also forgot that there were uh multiversal 
elements of, of the people that were here. Um, mm-hmm. and, but uh, I like it. It was cool. Yeah, yeah I like um, it. It, it. It was cute. It was a cute story. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the most you could say about it. It was cute. It was. Yeah. Just, it was. It was. Um. It felt very classic comic booky, which yeah. I mean, yeah, was was the modus operandi for this whole anthology. It was all like, uh, it had a it had a whole set of buttons, and it was just each story took a turn, uh, playing with the comic book trope, and most of them were successful over others. The art on this one I liked a lot too. Uh, the art is not as cool. I mean, I don't know necessarily if it it fits the tone of the story. I don't yeah, know if yeah. I necessarily like the layout of the Black Canary and, and Green Green Arrow in that story. But that story, while I landed on like eh, it was it was fine. Um, that and the Aquaman story, which follows it, which is definitely like just a deaf deaf. It's just boring, um, but they they both like to me speak to a little bit to the trouble of comics, and that certain characters you can't help but keep returning to the same story beats. So Black yeah. Canary and Green Arrow, it's still that same story beat of like, well, why aren't y'all married? I mean, yeah. I know they got married at one time, but yeah. obviously that was pre fifty two, and now all that is like you know null and void. So now you're just working your way up to are they going to get married again or not? You know what I mean? Um, Aquaman, his whole long soliloquy and his swimming around dead whales is all just so he can set up about how, you know, I'm doing this for my son. Well, you've had a son before. You've had like eight (laughs) sons over the course of your entire publishing history. They all keep ending the same way, getting get some some type of way um it's like how many times we want to keep returning to these same story beats at least i was hoping they would at least give him a daughter like change something up Wait, I, I mean is it, they did. is it a daughter i thought in the regular aquaman comics he has a daughter which threw me in this one Wait. oh he said andy her name is, is yeah, it a girl I think, I think it's a girl uh, that's the boyish looking girl i've ever seen and his, Look, and her name is Andy with a Y. I, <laughs> I just I did not enjoy this story so much, but it was it was for a different reason. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of um the the third person omniscient nothing but kind of t- like you know reading you thoughts mm-hmm. um against mm-hmm. it takes a lot for that to actually work for mm-hmm. me. Like I I know it's a it's a very common kind of um it's a very common story device to use of like somebody writing a letter or giving a speech and then it's juxtaposed against actions that are happening without dialogue. Tom King did it a lot in his Batman run. And those were like my least favorite issues. The fact that where it was like either someone was reading a poem or a letter or going through like their thoughts while an action scene is setting up. And it's just like, can you please stop reciting me the purpose of this story and just tell me the damn story? That's what this felt like for for six or seven pages, and I just and and the fact that it was the font was really kind of hard to to, mm-hmm. to read. Um, it was a bit murky, and it was <laughs> which is funny because it's Aquaman, but it was like it was it was all just a bit murky. All for what like the beat at the end was good because in the story, um, uh, Aquaman is kind of working for the bad guys in order to, so like a lot of the heroes end up working for the bad guys in order to kind of just save whatever little they can. So Aquaman is, you know, working for the Batman, the bad Batman 
so he can protect the seas uh, from worse. And Diana is running Themyscira as a jail because she's able to at least keep some people alive. So I get that. And he's writing a letter of like, I'm finally going to take a stand to his daughter. But it was just so, it was a, it was a butt ton of show, don't tell. And I was just like, I was, I was pretty bored with it. And the problem is, is like you said, even in the Tom King run, in those stories that you didn't like, the poem or the soliloquy or whatever is being read over action. Oh, yeah, this was, it's just right. it's literally right. just him swimming. You're right. In, in yeah. those in those stories, you at least were able to fall back on like, yeah, but Jorge Fornes just knows how to draw. Like, like you, you right. guys were at least, at least you could just kind of fall back on like that. But the art is spectacular. This was just fine. Yeah, this kind of art also is like. I don't dislike this kind of art and I don't dislike this art, but given the content of the story and the art surrounding it, it doesn't really fit. And it's not, I mean, it fits the content of the story. It's just, it's slow moving art along mm -hmm. with slow moving story. You know, um, it's, it's heavy looking. And I, I didn't realize that Aquaman was working with them until this, but I guess that's my fault. Or it could have been in one of the few tie-ins that I didn't read. You know, uh, it was it was um it was just like really quickly in like the first or second issue of oh, okay. uh, yeah. metal and then all the tie-ins. Yeah, look, I I took a I've, I've been I've been filing away and, and kind of like trying to organize this room because I'm going to redo it, and that was mm -hmm. also pulling together all the single issue piles that mm -hmm. are everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and my stack of of DC metal so far is like. <laughs> It's like this. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's not cool. Uh, not cool. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it depends on how many of them are good. But uh, it, this story also, the central metaphor, I didn't really like. Like the whole the whale fall thing is cool. I think that's a an interesting thing thing that happens in the real world, and using that as a metaphor is pretty cool. But when he starts saying, "He's like, oh, you surface people see." death as one thing but we under the ocean don't see it as an ending and i'm like nonsense yes you do you all of your other stories have seen shown you perceive it in the same way and there are people on the surface world who kind of adopt that point of view i thought it was just a it was pretty forced and not that viable you know so. Um, the next two stories are the two my two favorite ones in this mm. anthology. Uh, the first one being about the Bat Family, uh, mainly just all the all the kids in the Bat Family, um, because Batman calls to them and they all kind of do their thing. It was it was a lot of cutesy, but it was a lot of fan service cutesy that I I fell for, mm. uh, particularly uh, Dick and Barbara, mm -hmm. who. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, they get married, which I thought was really funny, and it was really sweet. Um, and it's it explicitly was, just for that day. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Thank you! Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, that was, that was like, yeah. Uh, which, which, again, it goes back to the things that they always do over and over and over again. Um, but at least in this story, they explicitly did that on purpose almost just like a wink and a nod like look we're married tonight that's fine but if we survive this we'll we'll discuss it and his response his response of uh i'll just have to keep trying to win you back i i mean i fell for it i thought it was charming yeah. if it was if it was a uh ride off into the sunset and we're happy now then yeah i'd probably be like this is bullshit 
Well, I'm calling bullshit anyway, um, <laughs> because uh, I don't like the idea of like, yeah, we're married, but we know if we survive this, wink, wink, this doesn't, you know, doesn't, it's not real. So they, I mean, so they're already going in. They're telling you, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this is, this is bullshit. Yeah. Um, I didn't like this story. I thought it was, I, I get what you're saying. I was trying to be cutesy and stuff, but I thought it was maybe a little bit too cutesy. Um, I mean, they got married by Batman. I, I presume he's ordained. He's everything else. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I think he did it himself. If, <laughs> the if, power if there was, by nobody. If there's no <laughs> other, if there's not any more proof that this is not real, Batman yeah. married them, right? Yeah, <laughs> the man who couldn't get married himself. But sure, yeah, now I'll knock you two off real quick. Well, I mean, he, he's already dead, and he's like, Meh, fuck it, yeah. you're married. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, so it doesn't matter what I do. Here you go. You want to get married? Sure. Here you go. Everybody's married. Get the heck out of here, man. Um, I just didn't dig it. I didn't like the art on it. The art left me cold. Um, I still, maybe it's me, and I'm never going to get over it. I can't stand how Jason and Dick and now uh, they all look the damn same. Like, there's a moment where Jason is holding the sword. I, you couldn't tell me that wasn't Dick holding the sword, especially <laughs> yeah. because at one time he, yeah. Nightwing sh shirt, w did have the r almost uh, same color scheme with the red. So I'm like, oh man, what the hell is going on? Yeah, basically going over Jason's shoulders in <laughs> at least one panel, but then not in another one, which is essentially a t shirt version of Dick's current costume with red instead of blue. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I just didn't dig it. Plus, I mean, yes. It, it goes against my headcanon, because in my headcanon, Dick Grayson should be with with uh, Starfire. But it also goes against, against my headcanon a little bit, because to me, and at least as far as I know, they haven't retconned this, Barbara is a little bit older than Dick. So that also like, it doesn't mean that she can't fall for a younger man, a younger dude, but them being like the love of each other's lives, yeah. that still just doesn't like, it, I still just can't jive with that. I can jive with them having a relationship. I can jive with them sincerely meaning something to each other. I just can't, I just, it's just a part of me that doesn't see them as being the be all before each other, I just, I just yeah. don't, I just don't. Yeah, I used, to, I, 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 and it's I not helped. Excuse me, and it's not helped that she's running around in a ten-year-old's cosplay costume because that's not Batgirl. Well, I, don't I like care that costume. How kind of it? It kind of <laughs> looks cool when certain artists draw mm. uh, uh, draw it, but when it's drawn in a way where we're supposed to think that she seriously put together this stuff, this doesn't even, this doesn't, this doesn't, this is not Barbara Gordon. This is not the person that is Oracle put this costume together. It makes no sense in that respect. Speaking of Oracle, did you notice she made a comment about how her implant is, is like running yeah. out? I wonder yeah. if they're moving her back to Oracle. I mean, in, in, the, in the actual Batman comic, they pretty much already have. Like they haven't, yeah. they haven't put her in a chair, true. but they have, um, put her yeah. back in the tower, and that's your other bad girl running around. It, I I agree. This is their relationship should and is more of a um, 
more of a first love kind of thing, not a forever kind of thing. Mm. Like, always mutual respect, always this. But I think people just keep shipping them because they both have bat labels on them. Mm. Whatever. Um, well, no, it's not whatever. Stop it. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, grow. I mean, it's whatever because it's boring. It's whatever. Yeah, I'm with you, and I always saw Starfire as as Dick Grayson's, like, main love interest. Uh, yeah. And Batgirl was somebody that I was, like, aware of, and they... Yeah, I don't know. They never seemed to be, like, two halves of a whole or anything like that. Do you, you know, here's the other reason. Both of them, because I think, like, you could, you could argue that Jason and uh, Damien kind of have similar worldviews to Batman. Their perspective might change, but they kind of like have similar worldviews, right? But Tim, Tim is very much like a detective, so he's off on his other thing. And Dick and Barbara have their own different worldviews. They, they rock with Batman, but they have their own different point of views. And it doesn't make sense to me that as, as a love interest or a person that they want to spend their life with is that either of them would want to do it with someone else that is so engrossed in that world. Hmm. You know what I mean? It makes sense to me that they would want somebody outside of that world. If Batman wants somebody inside that world, that is, that is, uh, come on the show if you want to pop shit. Other time, otherwise, <laughs> deal with the mushroom growing out your roof, Johnny Destructo. <laughs> Right. Deal deal with the mutant the mutant um vegetation happening over in Maniunk, bruh. JD is is uh constantly commenting, uh hey, a full half hour of one DC book. To be fair, it's like a ninety page DC book. It's eighty-four pages. And the next story is the last one. Uh which is really what I want to get to, yeah. So yeah, the Superman story was great. it's now let's get to the Superman story. Which is Superman with a, with through through comic book logic of 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 time is able to relive one hour, you know, multiple multiple time, and he uses that one hour to save as many people as he can, help as many people as he can, and still spend time with his, Lois and his son. It's written by Mark Wade. It's drawn by, I think, uh, Francis Manipole. I think he yep. is the artist of it. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the only reason to buy this book. Because this story mm. is fantastic. Because this is Superman in a nutshell. This is what the dude would do. He feels like Superman. He looks like Superman. He's not super buff, but he definitely is super strong and he still spends time and he's going to do this because he knows I can do this and still get back to my lady. That's what Superman does. That's a great fucking story. Fantastic. Loved it. Yeah, like the, the one time that he can be everywhere at once. You know, he starts off just like, oh, I could relive the hour once. And then he's like, well, why not again? And again, mm -hmm. and it's like thousands of times, puts on his classic costume, you know. Um, and and also some of those things are like comforting an old woman in the hospital or, or uh, somebody who's contemplating suicide or hugging Jimmy Olsen and, and uh, shaking Perry hands White. with Perry White, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and, Jimmy, and the, Jimmy mentioned, 
Oh, that's a cool Superman story. Did you not read it, Jay? Anyway. He also mentioned that it sounded like an Astro City story, and it does, because the True. very first story of Astro City, way, yeah. way, way back, is about how their ana uh, analog for Superman, um, Samaritan, yeah. um, is all he wants to do is, it, it's so much because it, it kind of echoes the Green Lantern story. He, the, the story talks about how he just goes from fight to fight, saving people, going to get this award from the people, saving people, fighting this villain, getting this cat out of the out of a tree and all this other stuff. And the whole time he you see him like 7.5, 8.4. And all he's doing is cataloging the moments that he gets to fly because that's the moment when he feels the most free like and then to himself. Yeah, this is a very seconds. small amount of time. It's a yeah. very small amount of amounts of time. Um the um the tech the the way that they weaved this story in, the um he got the time travel tech from his son, who's with the Legion, kind of made his own little thing, um, and using it over and over again is starting to degrade it, too. So he, it's, it's, it's not so much like I'm going to help everyone, it's people keep needing help, mm -hmm. and he keeps using it over and over and over again to the point where there are thousands of Superman mm -hmm. across the globe in the course of this one hour because he keeps going over his time loop, and they show... They show the planet and then just like, you know, a bunch of waves and like a little Superman S in it because he is, there's thousands and thousands of Supermen mm. of Clark Kent just helping little people all over the world. Yeah. And he yeah. is, it's, it is, it's perfect Superman. It, like it, Mark Wade, Mark Wade gets it. Yeah. Yes, and does. his motivation too, like the, that he said, like other guys are trying to save as many people as they can. And, you know, all the other heroes are doing this thing. But I'm trying to make people believe that there will be a time after this. Like, that there will yeah. be a hope after this battle. He puts on his old suit on purpose. He yeah. he tries to make... He wants people to see Superman still is trying. There's still hope. There's still hope. Like, it's it's like a... It's a wonderful tour. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's hopeless, it's... He's still going to try. It was great. It was the it was the reason to read this whole thing, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was really cool. Um... And I like the end, the last panel with him, Lois, and uh, John, like flying off, and you yeah, know yeah. they give they give mom a cape. Yeah, she gets know. a cape. There. <laughs> yeah, that was it, cool. If, if anyone's wondering if JD read it, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not. Uh, let's um, move on to the second book. Uh, any last thoughts about this whole this whole? Yeah, I thought really artistically interesting that you don't ever see Donna Troy is writing the word together, which is Titans together is a common thing that they say. And it is the title of that framing device story. She's writing that on the beach, but you don't ever see it fully written out. And I thought that that was an interesting and cool choice. Yeah, me too. I didn't even notice. Yeah. I, 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 I did notice that. Cause, I, you, cause I you're, waiting for, you're waiting, you're waiting for the, the reveal of it together, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but, but the, the together is, that fi that final splash page of all of them together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get to see it? Did you see all of it? No, but that's if you only if you put the pages together. Like, oh, that. yeah, I was reading it digitally. So that cool, interesting choice was not. That's not yeah, the case. Oh, yeah, it's, not, it's, not <laughs> yeah. it's not a two-page spread. Uh, digitally. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Right, well. well, you know, oh. um, <laughs> through your format. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, or it's good to know that it reads great in both formats. 
That's good um, <laughs> so let's let's move on uh, at just the right speed about you know <laughs> to the next book we're going to talk about really really quick, um, which is uh, Homesick Pilots number one by Image Comics, written by Dan Waters with art by Casper Wingard. Uh, in the summer of 1994, a haunted house walks across California. Inside is Amy, lead singer of a high school punk band who's been missing for weeks. How did she get there, and what do these ghosts want? Expect three chord songs and big bloody action. That's Power Rangers meets The Shining. Yes, really. What did you guys think of Homesick Pilots number one? That's the, that was the solicit. It's actually got that joke at the end of it and everything. I see. I'll tell you, I didn't think that. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I am uh, not into the punk scene in any way, so that, like... That vibe is not is not something that resonates with me that much, but um, the the art is cool. Um, the the main character Amy, uh, she seems interesting. The interactions between the people is kind of fairly cookie cutter, like I'm a badass storytelling kind of thing. Right. And the only part that I really felt didn't work, but was it, it was an interesting try was that one scene in the middle where both, yeah, Noel is uh, causing his fingers to meet in the middle I'm of the screen. articulating the, the readout of the, of the layout. It's, there's, a, there's a story device that they try where it's... Uh, uh, do, you ever, do you ever see that, or do you guys remember the family circus? Yeah, um, yeah. Every yeah, once yeah. while they would do a thing where it's the little boy running through the whole town and you just saw like a line of where he went and where he came mm-hmm. just for one joke. This is kind of like that, where they have two people entering a house from two different directions, and it's a remove the walls, kind of show you where they move, but the conversations converge in the middle, and you don't exactly know where to start until you're halfway through one of them, mm-hmm. and there's no, the art doesn't give you really any kind of, like, starting lines. And I even, um, like, miss, missed it a couple of times. Like, the way that I read it was traditional, you know, upper left, and then you kind of for a second, I'm like, do we go down? But I followed them through the house. And then when they meet and see each other, and it's a cool moment, then meeting and seeing each other. So it's a shame that it didn't flow. I don't know how you would get it to. But then I was like, wait, is it this line, the lower left, or you know, or that kind of thing? And then it took me a while to realize that the other one starts at the bottom right. Yeah, the shame of it is, is that usually back in, you know, in my day, when they <laughs> would do things like this, in comic books, you know, the artist would maybe spoon feed you a little bit and put a little arrow yeah. that directs your eye as yeah. to which way you're supposed to go. But now we're too cool for directions. <laughs> so you're just supposed to figure it out with the flow. And it it also doesn't help that that um, story element is preceded by you following one set of characters going into the house, but you don't really see the other group of characters come get into the house. If maybe if you saw them, Mm -hmm. you know, getting into the house on that other page, then you'd like, oh, I see, now I see, you know, which way they're going. Yeah, I completely agree. They didn't set up that second group. Uh, They were were absent the two scenes beforehand. So, I, you know, again, I started top left also, and then realized in the middle of the house, like, oh, wait, these aren't the same characters. It's another two. Yeah. And then I went back down to yeah. the bottom. When it was all done after my initial confusion, I was like, that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, there is color coding, which I didn't realize until now. Like the the other group is kind of yellow, and mm -hmm. the the main group is kind of red and bluish. But I didn't. They look very similar, other than that. So I didn't realize that they it's, were different. It's people. like a. It's like ten degrees too subtle. Yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah. If if there was one arrow, a half a scene that established the other group, just it's it wasn't a deal breaker, but it was definitely mm -hmm. like a. I yeah. tried a little too hard and just like we'll do it just like a little bit less. But besides that, hmm. um, I I actually really dug it. I, I like this a lot. Hmm. I like this a lot in so much as um, it was familiar but original. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was it was familiar in a lot of a lot of the haunted house kind of disaffected youth kind of ways. But how it's shaping up to be and what happens in the last act or the last like five pages. Um, was a tinge of original. The the problems that these kids have, like I get it, disaffected youth and rebelling, but the specific problems that they have, I don't read about often. They're all like they call themselves the homesick pilots because they're all from or, they're all from from foster homes. Mm -hmm. They're currently living in foster homes, so like that that kind of conflict is one I'm not familiar with personally. You don't really see it that much. You know, you've got like one orphan or something, but this is like a, a disparate group that finds each other. Um, things get real, real quick, which yeah, yeah. I always kind of dig, you know, like it's posturing, it's posturing until somebody actually like gets stabbed and you're like, what the fuck? Like that yeah. happened really fast. And that was, right. that was effective. Yeah. And um, this one, it, it's, it's not just stab ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It gets, it gets it, a lot like real, more real than that. Yeah. And, and I also was incredibly intrigued by the opening. The opening is crazy. I was, I was yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will that's give it where up. The Power Rangers things comes from. That's where the Power Ranger thing comes from. The oh, you think Ranger. because of oh because of the walking house, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do they have I, walking houses in the or like walking yes. buildings? Yes, all about walking houses. Oh, well, I mean, it's just that's, it's, what, they, like, that's what they're. I think it's like the whole kaiju it's, type of deal. I got you. Pilots okay. inside of big machines, right? Little pilots yeah, inside yeah, of big yeah, yeah. machines and kaiju. So the idea of you know, like the book just starts with this house becoming a big. Mm haunted robot house and a little girl inside of it. Mm. It was, and, it was and her, like, yeah. I didn't see coming the thing at the end where it's like, Oh, I'm going to find pieces of this yeah. house was, I was unusual and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was wondering, it seemed like the whole story was told in this issue. And then that last little coda of, mm. Oh, it's pieces of it everywhere. And now it seems like this girl is an agent of mm. the house, which is really, I'm, I'm not familiar with the conceit, at least in this format. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing like the, the, we see a kid in the beginning that was the house liked him, but then he got out and I'm guessing the house is searching for somebody, you know, that could fulfill this role for it. And they even, they hinted at it earlier, which I didn't, which I didn't think of until now. They go in and they're like, somebody stole the toilet. Like somebody, there's a lot of things mm -hmm. here that are missing. So mm -hmm. like this house has been looted for a long time and yeah. the pieces are far and wide, one would assume. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I want to read the whole arc about the, um, the, the copper tubing that, or the copper pipes that people stripped. Mm. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed it. Like you said, it's got familiar trappings, but on a whole, there was enough originality. Um, what I also liked is that there was enough clarity to the story. Like, it wasn't trying to push in too much stuff. It was like keeping it lean and simple so that you could really, you know, um, sit with the characters enough 
so that you could feel them. Yeah, yeah. Some of them got like you know the big bad jerk off type of thing, but um, you still felt like they were they came off as real. I will say this: part of the dialogue didn't feel it. Almost felt like a little not spot on, like what kids sound like. It sounded like a little bit like either an adult or maybe like somebody from Britain writing American slang. That's um, exactly what I wondered because they use a couple of they use the word "meant to," like "oh, we're meant to find this out," and that is yeah. not something that American people really say. And there was another one, and I wondered if it actually was a British writer writing. Yeah, that's that, that that's the, that that was the only thing, and but even with that. It was like oh, okay, yeah, I forgive it. it. On a whole, it was cool, and I really liked the art. I really do like the art. I thought it was um. Uh, yeah, Casper Wingard, uh, Wingard, um, is. Uh, I've only seen him once before, and it was for um a dynamite series with Kieran Gillen, uh, Peter Cannon. And it's oh, okay. weird. It's weird and amazing and and stuff, and I've I've never seen him since. But he does have it's it's almost like. It almost looks like clean, articulated action figures. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. he he still imbues them with personality, which is in itself kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, and then things usually kind of go gross, and it's mm. shocking. Mm. So, like this is definitely in his wheelhouse. Yeah, and and I'm gonna give the uh, going back to the credits. I want to give the drummer some for the colorist because I do. I like the colors. I think the colors mm. are really spot on on this. And I'm assuming the colorist is Casper himself because there's no individual colorist. Um, yeah, just artist. Yeah. So, so yeah. Casper got some skills. Yeah, I agree. There's like a mix of muted and vibrant mm-hmm. in, the, in the book that's very cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if any if any of these these little keywords have have piqued interest, this is definitely a first issue that's worth grabbing. Um, you know, horror, but not but colorful, but muted. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's just a fun. This is a fun book. Yeah, and it's horror uh, on like that. You know, Sabrina level horror. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's not like um, it's not like Hill House murders. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> it's more like kids getting into some real shit. Mm-hmm. Even though this is only the first issue, so who knows? Yeah, the second issue has like the this horseshoe that she's going to find looks almost in like a costume symbol place, and she's got somebody has this like visor kind of thing. I wonder how sci-fi this book will get. Like, is this house a, an alien kind of presence or something like that? I yeah, I don't know, but um, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so the, the last thing that we're going to talk about, I don't know if JD's going to jump in for this or if he if he wants to, is Sword, number mm. one. Ah! <laughs> Written by Al Ewing with art by Valer- Valerio Chidi, um, which is the team that did Empire. Mm. Um, one giant leap for, man- for mutant kind. The mutant nation of Krakoa has quickly become a major force on the world stage, but why stop there? Krakoa has relaunched the Sentient World Observation and Response Directorate, SWORD, Sentient World Observation and, Re- and Response Directorate, a fully independent organization dealing with all things extraterrestrial on behalf of all Earth. Al Ewing and, Vel- and Shidi bring us a tale of mutant kind looking to do for the galaxy what Krakoa did for the planet. I cannot say it, Valerio. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think? 
JD. Hey. Valeria. Yeah, I know how to. I, I see it and I hear it in my head. My tongue doesn't want to do it. So, what, so um, what did you guys think about that DC book? Well, let me tell you in detail. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, let's go. Page three. <laughs> what does I'm that follow? <laughs> let's do a third show. opening for the show. <laughs> do you, have you recorded? Nope. <laughs> I told them. Yeah. The thing you specifically reminded me to do, didn't do it. <laughs> uh, so look, well, let's kill some time. What did you guys think of Death Metal DC Laboratory? <laughs> I want to talk about okay. the third one. I'm recording. Here we go. All right. So, yeah, uh, S-word number one. This was great. Uh, I was trying really hard to do a Brandon Jackson shorts wherein uh, something is coming down the pike and I decide arbitrarily that I need to, to read and experience everything up until that point in order to start this book. And uh, I was trying to get through the Ten of Swords, Jimmy Jam, and then I, I failed. So this morning I woke up and the first thing I did was open up sword number one. Uh, no idea what to expect. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of my customers had said, yeah, you should read Ten of Swords before you read Sword. It's important. Uh, reading this book, I don't know why it was important, but uh, I, it was totally fine to just jump in with sword number one. So if you haven't read A Ten of Swords, I would say just jump in with sword. And I'm a big fan of Abigail Brand. I was really excited to read this, and I think it was great. There's a little piece in there where it, it changes storytelling format, and it gets a little wonky, and I don't know if I enjoyed that as much. But this, the first issue as a whole is great. Who is, outside of the commander of sword, who is Abigail Brand? I don't know. She's a she's a mutant that was introduced by Joss Whedon in Astonishing X Men. Um, uh, she is just uh, like a mutant bureaucrat who is very concerned with um, protecting Earth from all cosmic threat. Okay, so like like she. I don't even know what her mutant power is. I think they've always been cagey about it. She used to get down with Beast. Her and Beast were an item for a little while. But uh, is he? Is he still a cat-looking dude? No, he's he's still he's blue and furry, but he's back to mm, it's kind of more gorilla-ish, but it's more like his original blue furry form. form. Yeah. Yeah. During his second mutation, where he looked more cat-like, mm. uh, yeah. she she and him were uh, an item. And uh, also, she's the type of person who, if uh, Captain Marvel is not keeping her abreast of the situation, will walk into a party and punch her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That happened in Empire, one of the Empire issues, and I was like, oh, oh, I like her. Yeah, I'd say if anything, like, if you had to read anything before this, it would be Empire more than more than the Ten of Swords stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I want points for that. I think I think that's what I was trying to decry constantly, like, no, it's, it's just Empire. It's, you could yeah. you read Empire. Like, I'm, I'm sure I the... Read, I read X of Swords. I, it, I, mm. I mean, it wasn't it didn't really lead into this other than like one story thread. There was no, there was no uh, mounds of literature that explained everything that was in this book. Hmm. Although like, this I did is how they have the... the first seven or eight chapters of it. And so far I'm digging it. Oh, oh yeah. But as, as far as it needing to be a primer for this, I don't, I don't think so at all. No. Other than, other than you look at sword, the space station and it's covered in Krakoa leaves. Right. 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 But that's something you can be like, Oh, I guess something happened wherein, yeah. so, you know, now they have this. It's not like, you're not lost, you know. Um, 
I, I actually thought it was an, an excellently done first issue. Like, as a first, you know, like, you don't really need to know anything ahead of this. There were some things that I didn't know, and it was, like, you know, there's uh, Magneto references uh, Peepers, and mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't know who that was. Fabian Cortez looks kind of familiar, but I couldn't tell. So there's, like, old relationships that are referenced, but not in such a way that it messed with the story if you didn't know, but you thought it was cool if you did. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I liked it. And, you know, it must be saying something if I liked it. it is, <laughs> um, first of all, Valerio Ishidi, draw, like a month. Yeah. Yo, this, yeah. like, even if I didn't understand the story all, all, all along, and I didn't, because I agree with you, JD, there is a moment where the storytelling gets a little wonky, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm feeling this, but I don't care. It looks cool <laughs> as shit, and and, it, and even when it gets wonky, it gets wonky on purpose story wise. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, it fits. And honestly, I kind of just gazed over those portions. Same. I don't feel like I I lost anything at the end. So I'm like, all right, it's cool. It's like they went into some weird stuff, but um, I dug it. I dug Magneto because you know. You know, talk about uh, somebody who I think plays better as like an anti-hero. I love like anti-hero Magneto. I don't like villainous Magneto. I just like like just a cut above, like arrogant, you know, puffed up chest, you know, what's white suit Magneto. I love that. You know, just yeah. comes floating there on his metal ball. Why? Because, you know, I'm just flexing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just boss. And I like this Abigail brand. I've, I've seen her before, but I just never really gave a care because Sword was usually in some book for like a page or two, or somebody's going to be running through Sword, and they seem like they don't seem like they got their shit together. So I didn't really care, but she seemed cool as shit in here. And then the last the last panel of the book, you find out that she is rocking, you know, Han Solo's um, um, belt. There's not a whole lot of people that can pull off Han Solo's belt, and she pulls it off. And I, you know, with her little like you know shoe boots, I'm like, okay, Abigail, I see you, girl. Yo, I'm with you. I'm with you. I feel you. I feel you, sword. I feel you, sword. I'm there, sword. I was liking this. This is fun. Um, I thought this was fine. Huh. <laughs> well, um, I thought I think that I think it was a. For me, it read like a long walk off a short pier. So, like, mm. it was, it was a lot, a lot of explaining to just simply say, "Oh yeah, these six teleporters can punch through time and space." Like, it was a lot of primer or primer for 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 that one conceit, which I actually like as a conceit. But it reminded me a lot. But it left me a little cold. It reminded me a lot of um, Al Ewing did something like this before, right outside of. Uh, Secret Wars um, with Ultimates and Kenneth, Kenneth Roquefort, what was it? Yeah. Ultimates 2 or something like that. But it was, yeah. the whole series was huge cosmic about um, a sixth unknown isotope that was created because of the world being rebooted over and over again and punching through the cosmos in order to collect it and study and stuff. So this was just like, and that left me cold after like an issue or two, and this just reminded me of that negatively. Um, but I liked the characters a lot. I liked the design of it a lot. 
Um, so maybe it just was a first issue info dump that I responded adversely to. I don't know. Interesting. I but everything you guys are saying is great. Like, I guess there is a lot, but to me, it wasn't just all of this in order to get to this. It was like, here's our cast of characters. Here's where they come from. Here's, you know, here's how they're interacting now. And here's how we're taking the conceit of the, the five who are the Krakoan resurrection crew. And mm -hmm. we're, we're using that, uh, but we're using it uh, in a different way. Uh, I like that there's this new thing with these characters and the creators are trying to see how they can use every character's ability in tandem with each other to create a new power. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I the mutant technology thing, I, I think that's a really cool... It's one of those, like, this is something you might do if there were actual people with superpowers that don't have to maintain a story status quo kind of thing. I love, yeah, I love the idea. I love the conceit, too, of, of, of uh, uh, the, way, the way that they presented in the book in those, in those text pieces is... If the fastball special is remedial math of one plus one equals two, the five and the six is kind of like the high level algebra version of taking mm -hmm. those abilities and putting them towards each, like uh, leveraging them against each other in order to create a different outcome. So, like, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. The whole issue was just about that, and it it was a little bit of a slog for me. Those those text pieces were were fine, but I paused and went back a couple times and. Valerio Shidi's faces are not that great. So this is begging arrow. to be a meme. <laughs> um, I also, why is why is Wanda still a pretender? Like Disney owns pretender. the Fox stuff now. Like, can they not just go back to being mutants? <laughs> like, I assume that was why they they did that. Yeah. She, um, well, like at first, like when she was considered a mutant and then took away and destroyed all of them, yeah. uh, it was a little bit of forgiveness. But then, you know. Her being revealed as a, a experiment of the high evolutionary. So now she's the pretender. She's no longer a mutant. She's just an aggressor. Especially since yeah. it's not supposed to. Uh, I guess they ret retcon. She's no longer mutant Magneto's son or daughter. Or is yeah. it? Yeah, neither. Neither one. <laughs> um, but I do like that. Was actually that was the part of the book that I liked the most. The idea of uh, intergalactic. Uh, political intrigue, the mm -hmm. fact that now the king of the Shi'ar and and Scroll Empire is the son-in-law, or the yeah the right. son-in-law of the great pretender who decimated all of mutandom, mm -hmm. I think is really cool. So that stuff I really like. I, I wish that was a little, maybe in further issues that it'll be a little bit heavier over the. Um, science bit just balance them for me well, i think they did on that line they, they did a really good job i thought of setting up like here's how abigail brand ties into the mutant stuff but here is why she also has broader concerns yeah. mm -hmm. beyond you know like i need to focus on the whole solar system but yes i work very closely with the mutants there's, you know, a, there's a couple of series to acknowledge that um the the credit sequence of this intro take place about three issues before the end of the issue <laughs> Right. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. When I got to this, I was like, "Oh, I guess this is the end of the issue." Oh, it's oh, it's we're still going, we're still going. Oh, okay, and yeah. now it's done. <laughs> the cold open was three fourths yeah. of the book. That, that yeah. I, I yeah. Think, so there's been a couple of series, and I I can't completely think of the right one right now. Where the first issue has left me cold, but two or three in, it, I'm really digging with it. And oh, Far Sector is a really good a really good example. Um, that first issue was just like an info dump for me, and I was a little bit like arm's length with it, but as soon as we actually got into the meat of the story, it's the greatest thing in the world. And that made me think that needed to be a larger format, not just a single issue. 
this feels like it should have been a double because they spend so long kind of establishing the status quo and even the way that they have that like the end the the opening credit sequence done and it's like the end of the book it's like you should make this double like really kind of establish what the threat is for these characters that you just spent 20 pages introducing me to it feels missing for me I just have to have to chime in with Alexander commented on YouTube. Marvel sucks and their garbage movies ruined Hollywood and inspired trash like DC Rebirth and Doomsday Clock and Three Jokers. So it sounds like his position is Marvel sucks and they suck so much that they make DC suck too. <laughs> what? <laughs> I also don't really see a big through line between Marvel movies and those three projects yeah. that you mentioned. <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, Alexander, Alexander, uh, (laughs) let us know what comics you're reading and which ones you enjoy. If you don't like Marvel, which ones? Which ones are you enjoying? Yeah. Uh, Oh, did we? Did everybody? Did we? Are we done with this book? I guess so. Len? Yes, I'm done. Great. But JD, I'm glad that you stopped by because you know I so love to hear you talk about Patreon.com. Well, I'll tell you, Brian. I'll tell you some more about Patreon.com right now. If you go to Patreon.com/slash Johnny Destructo. You can give us money, and that would help the show, and we would love that. If you don't have any money, please just uh, you know like and comment and subscribe and do all that stuff to help out our, our fledgling little YouTube channel. You can also check us out on Facebook Live and on uh, Twitch. And, uh, yeah, throughout the week we do Thunder Rounds, which are 60-second reviews. So, I mean, there's a reason for you to hang out with us, to quote Scott Pilgrim. Um, yeah, just go to YouTube.com slash CultsPopGo. And also, uh, if you can't watch us here, uh, like Christopher saying saucy goodnight, longtime friend of the show, is uh, not going to be able to join us for the live streams, but he'll still be able to listen to the audio podcasts. Uh, we take the, uh, the YouTube and we put it on audio and we edit it down just a fraction. Uh, and that's, that's it. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Len, it's time for Gutter Talk. Yes, it is time for Gutter Talk, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we sit around and we chop it, about, chop it up about all of the crazy things that have been happening uh, just like we do as if we were in the comic book shop. We come in and we talk shit. And right now, there's a whole lot of shit to talk about because um, Disney and slash Marvel had this huge investors call where they dropped, well, no, said it, a metric ton of news out there. And we've got thoughts and opinions about them, but I believe we have to make way for a very special guest to join us for this segment. Is that not right, Noel? No, he's not here. Hmm. Oh, well. well let's just uh, yeah, keep quiet I, I, until he joins us. Brand, uh, Brandon, if you want to join us for this conversation, please jump on the stream. Yes, and begin recording on Audacity at the same time, or before. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if Brandon chimes in, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, <laughs> I hate, we can we can we can carry on with it. So um, yeah, the the I'm confused. He's here. He's here. I don't I don't see him on the stream. Hey, there he is. Oh, there you are. And now oh. he's gone. Do what he? You do it or I'll do it. He bamfed out of the podcast. That's cool. <laughs> I want hold on. I want to touch on this real quick, Alexander. He's saying that he rage quit comics because of uh, what what DC did to Doctor Manhattan. 
And I, I've seen this time and time again on, on Facebook and what have you, that someone doesn't like what one publisher does so much that they're just like, that's it, I'm out. No comics for me. And to me, that's like, man, I really didn't like the, you know, ABC's decision on Ally McBeal. So that's it. No more television ever. I'm done. I'm done with watching videos as a format of entertainment. I'm, I'm piecing out. Like, if you don't like one publisher or even two publishers, if you don't like the big two, I don't understand why you're not reading Image or Boom or, or um, uh, many of the other indie books. You know what I mean? I, I never understand, like, I'm going to quit an entire format of entertainment because I didn't like what th this particular thing did. Well, I also, can we, can we, like, slightly investigate why you're getting so rageful about fiction? Well, no, he's a lot of his, his yeah. No, I, no yeah. but it's like, yeah. so much so that you absolve yourself of it. In a in, in a loud manner as as humanly as much as humanly possible. Well, I think like, in that case, it always means that like he really liked what was happening, and then it went a different way, and you know, it just wasn't what he was interested you, in anymore. But to reflectively convulse in anger mm. is not <laughs> healthy, right? Uh -huh. Like, hey, I'm just gonna take my time. Like, I'm disliking some books. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take them off my pull list. I'm gonna read something else. Like, not in a, uh, fuck this format, fuck DC, fuck Marvel. Like, relax. To be sure, he hasn't dropped any F-bombs. I just did. That is, true. <laughs> that is true. But people, you know, people feel what they feel. Although he, you know, apparently he says he only likes superheroes when they're dark and edgy and depressing and, uh, in his estimation, realistic. Um, and DC Rebirth and Doomsday Clock weren't like that for him. Although, Three Jokers, I think, is pretty... Grim, at least. And very grim. Metal. Yeah. Wait, are you trolling? Yeah, Alex, it's possible. That's what he's doing. I'm the just sitting here watching y'all all lean right? into it. Whatever. And we have so much to discuss. Why are we dealing with it anyway? Yeah, Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> you, know, you notice... We, Sorry for hijacking my show with conversation. Go on. <laughs> I'm not saying you're hijacking the show, but I'm saying, I'm like, yo. <laughs> nobody's like, all right, he, 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 he shared his, his piece. That's how he feels. All right. Rock on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that we have those gifts at our disposal. We need more of them. It's amazing. I'm sorry, Len. Go on. Gutter talk. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the Disney investor call where they dropped all of this news about all of this stuff that is, that is coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. Coming your way. And Brandon is here. Brandon, Yay. first of all, you're joining us. Are you recording? Uh yeah. Oh, Brandon. Oh, I love I love I love Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I so don't remember Brand exactly when I started, but yeah, you'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, Brandon. So Brandon, since you did the compiling of all these copious notes. I only did half. Noel did the other half. I did the Jesus. I did the Marvel, he did the Star Wars. That's I don't want to take credit for what Noel did. Jesus Christ. I don't <laughs> Nobody was going. Brandon, then can you go over the notes that you did in the notes? It's, so it, uh, introduce us to what happened on D uh, Disney slash Marvel's investor call this past sure. week. So uh, I didn't listen in on the call, but I, you know, I listened. I read whatever everything that happened. Uh, they basically announced that they're going to have like ten new. I don't know if they said 10 new shows specifically, but 10 new at least properties in the Star Wars universe over the next few years. Um, 
they announced something called the Acolyte, which is going to be set during the High Republic era, which is a new era that Disney's going to be exploring. It's going to be 200 years before the prequels. And that 200 be, years before the prequels. Yeah. Which yeah. is an interesting call because some people, most people wanted like thousands of years before. Yeah. So the fact that it's still like relatively close annoyed some people, but, I, you know, people are still excited. So we got that. And there's not much like to talk about with that one. It's just, it's going to be a mystery thriller, apparently. I see where those people are coming from, though. Like, 200 years, it could be very cool. But, yeah, thousands yeah. of years excite, like, the beginning thousands, of it all. Maybe because, like, the old, old Republic game. Yeah, yeah. Like, during yeah, that yeah, like, so people want that. explored, right? Yeah, but people yeah. want it in canon now. They Any want all of their too. stuff to be canon. Like, if you don't play the games, then, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, so this, I'm sorry, uh, I was chatting with one of the commenters. Um, mm -hmm. Are you talking about the High Republic? Yeah. That's yes. only 200 years? Oh, okay. For, I've been telling yeah. everybody it's like a thousand years in the past, but I guess that's the Old Republic. Yeah. Um, so in case anyone doesn't know, not only is there this show that's coming, which takes place towards the end of the High Republic, there yeah. is, there is a, there, like, it's a whole launching system of uh, comics, YA novels, regular novels, uh, a whole bunch of stuff is coming about the High Republic uh, that uh, the Star Wars crew has been working on. It's a whole new era of Star Wars. So um, it's, it's a bunch of stuff coming your way about the High Republic, just so everyone knows. Yeah, yeah and yeah, this is the live-action version of that big relaunch that they finally announced. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what Brandon Brandon's point is, you know, fans are excited about it because this era of Star Wars, which has been examined in the past, was examined in work that is now for one reason or another and some aspect or another not considered canon. So now the uh, Disney and Lucasfilm are having an opportunity to make this stuff truly canonical with, with the Star Wars story, you know, proper, as well as giving them a wide universe in which to play in without upsetting the apple cart of the future of Star Wars too much because now they can just kind of like play around in the in the yeah. past and stuff. And they're doing interesting things with it. I mean, none of it's come out yet, obviously, but it sounds interesting. So I'm excited. I'm excited for all the High Republic stuff and a show definitely sounds great. So oh, yeah. action figure expert uh, brings an interesting point. Uh, 200 years before the prequels, Yoda is probably alive. Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, they sh they've yeah. shown him. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh yeah. okay. Uh, one, of the, one of those comics news sites uh, had a picture of Yoda, and it's like, it's not it's not your father's Yoda. <laughs> Apparently, he's, he's I guess my dad doesn't own any part of the Star Wars franchise. Uh, two, 200, years younger, 200 years younger than when we met him would make him, like, like a 45-year-old. Well, I thought he was like 900 years old, right? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that's what I mean, like 700 oh. year old. Oh, right, right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's old. That's all that matters. I, um, I do the, the one one aspect of the of the High Republic I yeah. think the book that's coming out that I thought was really cool is that it's it's focused on um, uh, a a bunch of Padawans and one of them's a Wookiee. Yeah, which oh. I've never mm. seen. I thought that was pretty cool, but anyway. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's yeah, like I, the the High Republic stuff. They said it's going to be more kind of like um, Knights of the Round Table era stuff. Like that's going to be how the Jedi are going to be operating. Like they're going to be more knights and um, 
I think kind of like a mix of like Western and medieval type stuff where they're going to be kind of like sheriffs ish. Like it's going to be a little more wild West than the prequels and everything after. Uh, the I next stuff, that, uh, people are very upset because there's a 15 year old Padawan who becomes a Jedi. Hmm. Is that a problem? I'm very mad that she gets to become a Jedi at 15. Hmm. Why? Is she too I mean, early? Or? Listen, I, I didn't dive into the comments. <laughs> um, but my assumption is it's a girl. I mean, huh. yeah, it's possible. I think also, <laughs> I think in general, people just get annoyed whenever anything Disney-related happens at this point. Yeah. Like, people just don't want Disney Star Wars, and they don't want to like it. Then so. stop. So when you say people, when you say people, um, is it a is it a majority or just a no, really loud, technically yeah. savvy minority? Yeah, I think yeah. it's some. It's definitely a minority minority of people. That one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brandon, anyway, continue. number two. You want me to go to the next one? Oh yeah, yeah keep keep it moving. Uh, the next thing is. Between the only thing I can find between the prequel and OT era is the Bad Batch. That's not true. There's one more, but the Bad Batch is one thing between the prequel and OT era, which I didn't know because the Bad Batch first appeared in Clone Wars, and so I assumed this was going to follow their adventures during Clone Wars. But no, it's going to be a clone squadron who they're called the Bad Batch because they all have some deficiency. Yeah, defects that make them better in some way. Like one person, I think, was like. Had like really good eyesight or something. One person was like overly strong, stuff like that. So they're called the Bad Batch, and they usually during How the Clone Wars. <laughs> well, it's defects because they're different than all the other clones. Oh. Like they're you know when when it's a clone, you want it to be exact. So, yeah. Um, it was it's like they would do the missions that like other clones couldn't necessarily do, and they appeared in like one arc of season seven of the Clone Wars, and I expected that their show would be about their other adventures during the Clone Wars, but no, apparently this is going to be set post um, Order 66 and everything, and it's going to be them, I assume, fighting with the Rebellion and going on missions with that. So that sounds pretty cool. Uh, Christopher St. Sassi uh, suggested you should, uh, that I should check out Jedi, you took it away, the Jedi Knight books, because Chewie's nephew. Yeah. Um, no, because it's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Batman, it's a sequel to the Clone Wars uh, cartoon. Yes. yes. Right. The, Clone Wars cartoon. the seventh season of the Clone Wars introduced yeah. this new bunch of clones called the Bad Batch. And I was like, oh, that's strange to introduce an entirely new set of clones at the very end of a show. I wonder if this is going to be a spin Oh, yeah, it's a spin off. Yeah, I was. Yeah. It's, I, I find it weird that it's... I don't know. I guess I really like the prequel era, so I would have liked more stuff during that time. But the in-between era can be fun, too. So I guess we'll see where it goes. Um, the other thing, we already knew about the Obi-Wan series, I think. Yes. Mm. They have announced that Hayden Christensen will be returning in some capacity as Darth Vader. Why? That's fun. Yeah. Why? I hate you guys. <laughs> Why is Hayden Christensen coming back? I I'm forgot excited. that you guys. Yeah. I haven't been on here in a while. I've just been on no, places where people like the prequels. I forgot that I you think guys. It's, wait, I don't like the prequels, but I have no issue with Hayden Christensen. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joker uh, was cool. Uh, I do. Hayden Christensen <laughs> is a bad actor. 
Hayden Christensen is is is, is uh, just he, that's it. He's a bad actor. Like he's not good. You know, let's let yeah. anybody. That's not Hayden Christensen. The person over to that gentleman's right who is barely on screen. That's Hayden Christensen. That's the person we don't want to do, who, the one who doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Listen, listen. What? Nobody, nobody in the prequels acted well. It was all purpose. <laughs> like n even, even actors that I, I love and respect like Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman, I watched a gape as they just, they just like, <laughs> dribbled out dialogue <laughs> it was awful and it was all on it, purpose apparently because george lucas is like that's the way serials used to be i don't care about current modern you know it, modern storytelling <laughs> across the board it was all very mechanical and and stilted yeah. so and i've seen him in other things and he's a very good actor so I i've seen him in other things too and i haven't liked him in any in anything that i've seen him in <laughs> so you jumper when yeah, I saw that piece of crap jump, bro. Now, but you also raise a good point, regardless of his of his skill or quality as an actor. Why is he in this? Like, will we ever see him? But presumably, but like, how is he? The the announcement <laughs> the announcement explicitly was Hayden Christensen returns as Darth Vader, right? And, and like they said, Darth Vader. And it takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Exactly 10 years. Okay. So yeah. Is James Earl Jones? In? I don't know. Yeah. He might be doing voice. I mean, he did the voice for during Rebels. Hmm. And yeah. if, there's, there is a television show on right now. It's, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called The Mandalorian. Um, the main Mandalorian. character has only been without his helmet twice in two seasons. So... Mm -hmm. They can make it work. It's and fun. also, I mean, the gentleman who played... Was, oh God, what was his name? David Prowse? Prowse. Prowse. Uh, he just passed away recently, so they, I guess they need a Vader to fill those yeah. to fill that helmet. Oh, and I'm sure either. I, I mean, he was, he was quite old. Yeah. I, I so if you're, telling me, yeah. if you're telling me that they're bringing back Hayden Christensen so that he could just be the man in the suit so that sure. James <laughs> Earl Jones can do the voice, then I'm saying... Okay, I'm all for Hayden Christensen. Good on you, dog. I think that you go. Have any of you guys read any of the Darth Vader comics? Yes. yes. One or two for yes, sure. I've read a couple of them. They're pretty good. And some of those, like, there'll be times where he'll go to, like, his own special place and he'll have the the armor off. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it's stuff like yeah. that. And they've also done, they've also gone out of their way to do a lot of flashbacks, to do... Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, stuff where he's half helmet off. Like, there's there's ways to incorporate the actor and not just be a dude in a suit with a different voice. Yeah, I, I think would be cool. surprised if there was like force generated, um, you yeah. know, conversations. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Mm. <laughs> I next, <laughs> uh, the next. There's two, but they're set during the same era: uh, Rangers of the New Republic and the Ahsoka series. So. Rangers of the New Republic is going to be, like... Actually, I don't think we know much. All we know is that it's going to be set during... They're both going to be set during the era of the Mandalorian and apparently might be crossing over with the Mandalorian in future seasons. Oh, I, I think that's more than apparently. Like, yeah. they're, So these three, these three series, Mandalorian, Rangers, and Ahsoka, are 
the three things in this little universe that are being controlled by Favreau and Filoni. So this is their little pocket of Star Wars, and they are, the intention is for them to overlap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm with it. I'm, I'm very with excited, it. yeah. Wh- Not- who are the Rangers? Who are these people? No, no, no. Oh, I, know. Know. I would, no, yes, JD? Well, th- who are the Rangers? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am, because I often am, but the two pilots that we have seen multiple times in the second season of The Mandalorian, it's another time where I was like, well, these are interesting characters. <laughs> they seem like they're going to be part of a spinoff. I wonder if, you know what I mean? I wonder if they're going to be part of it. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. I was thinking it's probably going to be, like, exploring the New Republic as it's growing. Because, like, this, the Mandalorian takes place, like, five years after the end of the Empire. So, like, the New Republic is still fairly new. And so I assume it's going to be about, like, growing a new, like, form of government and things like that. And yeah, is Cara Dune, uh, the... Like, um, I guess this was a few weeks ago. Sorry, for a moment I was like, wait, should I say anything about that? But this was like a couple of episodes ago of The Mandalorian. Um, is is she now a ranger? or is She's she a, a marshal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she was just on the most recent episode. She's a marshal of the New yeah. Republic. I don't know how rank works. Yeah. Um, oh, but okay. it sounds like this is going to be mostly um, almost like an Old West type of show. Hmm. Like br- branching out into either formally controlled empire territory or new territory in order to establish yeah. hmm. okay. the new republic. And every, so time, it, every time she hits the screen, I make this face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, she, you know what? Regardless of the, the actress, she's a very boring character. Yeah. She's just muscle that smirks, right? Yeah. Like, well, in her defense, she's not given much more to do than be true. Muscle. Yeah. Right. And smirk. So, and, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think much of Cara Dune as an actress, period. But in her defense, she's not given much to do. Sure. And, and yeah. historically, as an actress, she hasn't been a- asked to to do but so much. You know, so she in many ways is a um, oh, what was her name? Who was the wrestler that that passed away China. now? China. China, yeah, she's kind of like a prettier China. Like she's she's just muscle that maybe has a halfway decent, you know, attitude if written right. But pretty much she's just muscle, and that's all she really is. She was a wrestler too, right? Or she no, was she was, she was MMA, I think. MMA, okay. But now uh, let's get to Ahsoka. Let's get to Ahsoka. Yeah, let's talk Ahsoka. <laughs> I was so excited. excited. I love some Ahsoka. Um, I love some Rosario Dawson. Yeah, both of those things. They're two two great tastes that taste great together. I uh, <laughs> did not care much for the Clone Wars TV show. I keep struggling. I keep trying to get through it. I do, however, love Rebels show. Uh, I highly recommend Rebels to anyone who is enjoying Mandalorian and is curious about um, Ahsoka and uh, the blue fellow. What's his name? What? The one she's looking for? Uh, oh, Thrawn. Uh, Thrawn. 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 Um, yeah, that show is awesome. It starts off a little young, but as it goes through, it really elevates. It's really, really good. And uh, I was really excited when she was cast, when Rosaria Dawson was cast as Ahsoka. And then she was in her one episode, and then they waved goodbye, and I went, but why, where, where, isn't she going to be on the show? And uh, so I was very excited that she's gotten her own show uh, coming up. Are you guys excited about this? I'm I very am. Much so. yeah. yeah. I'm very, very excited. 
Well, she's, I mean, the Force and the Whoa, Jedi man. and that kind of thing. <laughs> that, was, that was really creepy, Brendan. Oh, all right, all right. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about other stuff. And honestly, not even her. I'm more thinking about, like, the things that could happen mm. in the show. Because I've said this before. For me, Star Wars is about the Jedi. Yeah. Like, the less Jedi stuff there is, the less I care, honestly. Mm. So, an Ahsoka show definitely excites me. I'm right um, with you, Brandon. Like, the, all the sci-fi stuff is cool, but the Force is the thing about yeah. Star Wars that I'm the most interested in. I yeah. saw um, I saw some wild speculation about um, even the, the... So all they showed was the title treatment, yeah. Um, yeah. but it looks like the Veil of the Force, that the show will focus on that, the, the thing that's in Rebels, right? Or in Clone Wars and Rebels, the idea of, like, the... Um, God, I only cursory kind of know what it is. It's it's just essentially a pocket of time, right? That they can <laughs> pierce. They go in. They can go into yeah. it, travel yeah. into it using pierce. Yeah, yeah. Ahsoka in general you, has Sam. been connected to that a few times. Like there was a an, like a three episode arc in Clone Wars, and there was there's this owl that Ahsoka has that was originally um, the owl of like a force being. And that owl has been shown with Ahsoka a lot, and it's followed her around a lot. And we don't exactly know when, I don't think we know when she got the owl, but that's always been connected to her. So it would make sense that this is probably going to explore that stuff, because, you know, with Ahsoka being, she's always been the closest to what people refer to as a gray Jedi, mm-hmm. which doesn't really exist, because the idea of a gray Jedi is someone who uses both the dark side and the light side equally. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, that doesn't really work. You're usually you usually lean one way or the other. Oh, see, um, I I disagree. I was really hoping that the sequel trilogy was gonna be like enough of this light and dark. Like, let's get let's get deeper than that and explore the force and that kind of thing. Like, but then it always, in the legends, there are the Yuuzhan Vong. Um, yeah, but then it always light and dark. At least in in the way that the force is described in canon, and I hate differentiating because legends and canon both have good stuff. But at least from what I've seen in canon, usually you usually lean one way or the other, and it's usually kind of, it's it's very difficult I think to be full, to be equal like completely in the middle. Hmm. So yeah, but Ahsoka has always been the closest to that. Um, she's like she renounced the Jedi and everything, but she still practices like the white side teachings hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's always been a very interesting character, especially post. Clone Wars and after she left and everything. Yeah, I've always thought that with like how the interplay with like real real world philosophy or whatever goes, it's yeah. like that would be a better you know, the things that the light side says are not always so great, yeah. <laughs> even though they in canon are good. You know, it's like, well, maybe this the element of the dark side uh, like feelings are not necessarily bad. You right. know, that kind of thing. Um, so I would like to see a an, ex- an exploration of that, yeah. like somebody who doesn't look at it as light and dark. Although, I mean, I don't know that we'll get that with Ahsoka, unless she changes, because, I mean, she was the pat like, emotions definitely messed up her best friend oh, and yeah. her. So yeah. she's probably not going to be, she, I think she's more likely to um, believe those teachings post Darth Vader than mm. she would have been before. Mm. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to it because I think this would be, as far as I can tell, 
um, the first time a Star Wars property will be, you know, headed up by, for all, all intents and purposes, a person of color. Now, you might say that the Mandalorian is technically a person of color, but he's in this helmet the whole time, so you can't really go by that. His, 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 his view, the silhouette of the Mandalorian is in the helmet, you know? This is going to be a person of color, boom, right there on the screen. Wait, what color? Uh, Orange? Well, whatever. <laughs> it's still... It's I mean, still... that's her species color. You know what I mean? Like, he takes off his helmet. You can see his his face sometimes yeah but the thing is, the thing is is that she's it's it, she's not you know she she's not you know look uh it's not a white person right. right let's, let's put it out there she's, yeah. she's not you know she's not a white person that is supposed to be an alien but is more for all intents and purposes a white person up on the screen mm-hmm. this will not be a white person on the screen you take off whatever paint they put on her she's still going to be a person of color you know, um, and this is the first time that a Star Wars property will have someone like that is as the lead of anything that it has done. And canonically, uh, let's put because I haven't read out, you know, the legends and all that type of stuff. So um, I'm interested in interested in that. And if before all you comic book readers, you know, get on me about canonically, there was a Lando Calrissian comic book, you know, that's great. But that wasn't live action. That wasn't up on the screen. And as far as the average person is concerned, and I would dare to say the average Star Wars person is concerned, their canon starts and stops with the moving pictures, be they animated on television or up on the big screen. I mean, let's be real. They can say that a comic or a novel is canon as much as they want. It's not once a moving picture decides to contradict it. Oh, yeah. Like, that is always how it is, you know? movies are always first. Yeah. But but there is a Lando thing coming up, right? That was what I was going to say. Oh, there we go. And the witch comes first, because she might not be the first. Because we are getting a Lando series, apparently. So, who knows? What is that going to be about? Who knows? That's Ooh, all we have is a title. Exactly. <laughs> Who's going to be in it? Is it going to be Billy D? Is it going to be Donald Glover? Who knows? It's we not going to be Billy D. I can yeah. tell you right now. Yeah. It's not going to be Billy D. Williams. I don't know. Even don't know. Also, just for like when things are happening, are any of these things set after the most recent movies you know what i mean like i mean i guess you could see billy d williams before yeah this that, could be before like between the ot that's true. And the sequels. that's true i mean i doubt it it's probably gonna be donald glover but just for the sake of conversation it could happen <laughs> in that time i guarantee it's not gonna be donald glover either they're gonna find a because remember donald glover is lando at the beginning of Han Solo. Uh, yeah, it can't. So he definitely could have grown to look a lot different. Yeah. Depending on when they pick up this story. It's Especially, not going to be Yeah, well, we I mean, he's a pretty big... Although, you know, Rosario Dawson is somebody that I would not have anticipated being in a a show either. Disney Plus um, pays a lot of money, guys. I Sure, <laughs> right. Yeah, Disney plays a lot, yeah. a lot of money. And Rosario Dawson, t- to be fair... Her career has always been, she's kind of like going back and forth, especially over the last two years, between mm-hmm. movies and television. I mean, remember, she was a big in all the Netflix shows as well. You know what I mean? She's so also, She's also going to be in the new DMZ adaptation 
for right. HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, as opposed to Donald Glover, who is, yes, he is a big name star, but he also dips his toe into mm-hmm. a bunch of different things as well. So I, Ewan, sure. McGregor, Ewan McGregor is in one of these, which is, I mean, he's still a pretty big I, star. Who was just in a whole season of Fargo. Yeah, the, those the lines are, those lines are very blurred. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I actually want to ask real quick: Do I sound okay? Like I'm yeah, having hella I'm technical fine. difficulties. Um, I think it's going to be Donald Glover. Mm. I 100 think it's going to be Donald Glover. Yeah, because if you look at like the 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 uh, showrunner Justin Simeon, is it? I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he's the creator of Dear White People. Um, there, yeah, like but he also did I, Bad Hair on Hulu. Which I didn't not, see it, it's um, but it just it, it it makes me think that he's waiting like it's like a handshake kind of agreement, and he's waiting mm. to see how it develops and what it is before fully committing. Mm. Um, because he like he's on record as saying he loves the character. He had mm. a hell of a good time doing it. Yes, would we'll see kind of thing. I think he's just waiting, and it wasn't enough to announce today. Mm. Like if they're in, if they're still in early days. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. And and we don't even know if this is a viable choice. Like he, it could be set in an era where he wouldn't make sense, or it fit. But well, if it's set in an era where he would make sense, I don't think they would choose somebody else. You know? I don't want to see. Uh, first of all, I don't want to see like a. I I don't really have interest in a fourteen-year-old Lando learning how to fly. No, so, I was thinking after that. <laughs> like nor, that. nor do I necessarily want to. Just as much as I don't want to see um, Harrison Ford be Indiana Jones again, Ooh, I, I don't do. necessarily want to see geriatric or no, uh, like in between. He's talking about forty-year-old. Yeah, exactly. More, more or less, somebody else playing Billy D around the time that we first met. Him. Yeah, that's what he's. Th- yeah. That's what he's saying. Or even like, like Mandalorian did. era something. Or but something. Would be, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm just putting out possibilities. I don't know. You've got it. They have a they have a um, uh, a uh, a legacy character that's already been played by two very well known actors. I don't mm-hmm. know if you go with the third. You know It'd what I mean? Denzel Washington. If, if they had a story that um, maybe uh, the past comes back to haunt him, type of story where we get to see both actors. Ooh. If we had a sure. bookend story where, like, oh, something that young Lando mm. has done is also now coming back to affect older Lando. That could be cool, and you could have, you know, back and forth. That would be really cool. Yeah. They're not going to do that, and now I'm not going to be happy unless you do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I really want, uh, the only thing I want is Donald Glover's involvement, only because he was so charming and so effective in, like, three scenes. <laughs> yeah, he was. I just want more of that. And more, mm. was it K2SO? She's dead. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, K2SO I guess. That was, if they, that, if was, beforehand. Rob, that was Rogue One. Mm. Oh, oh uh, you're thinking about L3. Mm. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking about L3. I don't, I don't know. I, I will tell you this. I think Ahsoka's going to hit the screens before Lando. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, they seem to be way further along. In that. I mean, they've already got... Like, they've got, a, they've got Ahsoka. Right, yeah. like she's been on screen already as, uh, with all the co- costumes and all that yeah. stuff. And I assume Filoni will be involved in that, so they'll already have him too. Yeah, you know, so. I'll tell you, with all of this, with all of this news, because this is all so exciting, I'm kind of... It's disappointing that there are three movies set significantly after all of these things that are in continuity. You know, Honestly, like I feel that any- way about all of the movies. Like mm. for me, the best parts of Star Wars are the 
the EU material because I think they just do more interesting stuff with it, and it just sucks that it's always like it has to follow the movies. Well, and I just mean like timeline wise, like we have something that takes place thirty years after any of this. You know, yeah, yeah. You know what? I used to feel that way, but then every single time that I do that, I end up enjoying or experiencing something, whether it's a comic or a TV show, that proves me wrong. So, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm still enjoy it. Did you guys talk about Andor already? No, I skipped a window because we were talking about um, people of color. Uh, So, Andor is the one that's coming first. Is it? Like that? They're about to film. Like they've been in rehearsals and set building for a while. Hmm. So, what's Andor? Andor is going to be following Cassian Andor from Rogue One, and it's going to be about him doing stuff for the Rebellion. I think it was like, I think the quote was like, anything is worth it as long as it's for the Rebellion or something like that. It's, so it sounds like it's going to be him doing a bunch of like somewhat shady stuff, and it's going to be showing the, the darker side of the Rebellion. Yeah, the quote is, everything I did, I did for the Rebellion. So, yeah. Curious to see how I'm going to care if I'm going to care about this because I didn't care about him as a character in Rogue One at all. Yeah, I loved him in Rogue One. Why? Uh, because he was a he, he was an ass, but also very charming. Diego yeah. Luna's great. The only thing I remember him doing was I don't remember him being char- charming. I do remember him uh, just straight up murdering somebody in the beginning of the movie, and I was like, yes. oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is like a good guy who's just—he will murder a friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's like what the show's gonna be. Yeah, conflicted. Uh, very just murdering his friends. Yes. <laughs> <I'm> very... <laughs> All in the name of the rebellion. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for coming to my birthday party. The title is the name of a friend. <laughs> a conflicted for the greater good type of uh, gray area show. It's they—they yeah. they explicitly said it's a uh, spy thriller, and it's by Tony Gilroy, the guy that. Did the last three? Um, he wrote all of the Born Supremacy movies, and like it's it's going to be it's going to be cool. Is he also a person of color? Diego Luna. Yeah, yeah. The second one is terrible. The first and third one are spectacular. I would like the idea of that—a spy thriller set in the Star Wars uh, universe. If it was with a character that they haven't already killed off. Because there, to me, you know, while you can have drama, don't get, get me wrong, you can have drama with a character that you know which way they're going to go, right? Which, um, case in point, Black Widow. We've seen, you know, we think the end of Black Widow, yet there's a movie that's coming out and people are either going to enjoy it or not, right? The difference is, is that with Black Widow, You've lived with her through a few other, you know, other films. So you've built up a history with her. Cassian Andor was in one movie. And he, while he is roguish and kind of charming and definitely straddles the side, you don't know, he's definitely a character of gray in the film. He's in one movie and he bites the dust rather finally at the end of the film. Like, he is not meant to come back. Like, for him to have survived that would take leaps that I don't even think Marvel and DC had figured out yet. But, so why am I supposed to care about all the spy stuff that he did 
that made him such a person that we would bring on for the ultimate the ultimate Suicide Squad hit. I mean, what's I not about, why, can, why should I care about, about the Bad Batch? Why should I care about, yeah. Well, the I Bad mean, Batch, we know where that goes. We don't I mean, know that is kind of what I was saying about it. It's a shame that there are, like, prequels I tend to find are just less interesting, usually. Not that they, not that they can't be interesting stories, but I'm like, eh. For me, it's know. not about him at all. It's about the rebellion as a whole and it's about seeing the rebellion in less of a cookie cutter like oh so positive light that's what create another character why do you need him then they why will. do you need him as the hook be one character in i'm sure a whole cast of characters the show is named well, after him he's going maybe it's yeah. him and or other characters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, but but also to say the same thing about the Mandalorian, it, like Mando is the least uh, enjoyable part, or the the least engaging part of the entire or person in the whole show. Like it's about his kind of like all of his touch bases, not right. his actual. Like it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like it. I have faith that it'll be fine because the actor's spectacular. The idea of exploring this genre inside the Star Wars universe that's gritty is kind of cool. And and all the care, all the uh, the talent behind the screen is top. I don't. I disagree. I think that the show probably has the the opportunity to be cool. It's just that I'm not going to care because I know this dude is going to die. Especially if you're telling me it's a spy thriller. So when he is standing there with guns a blazing at him, I'm not going to care because he's not going to die. I'm just looking for everyone else. All right, who's going to die this time? <laughs> Do you Which really think a lot of characters are going to die in Star Wars in general? Well, of course they're Whose not. Whose name is on the show? <laughs> there is a difference. Exactly. Never really people There's dying a difference between people. I know because of my experience with narratives that he's not exactly. going to die, and I know for sure canonically he's not going to die. It yeah. just feels a little different. Although, yeah, none of these guys. Ahsoka's not going to die either. Right. Right. <laughs> True, but you don't. But you don't know. But you don't know how she might be changed by what happens there. True, that's true too. Yeah. This dude, you know, you've already been there. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sorry. I, I, sorry. Wait, wait, I got it, I, guys. I got it. I'm going to convince Wen. So Wen, <laughs> you know Arrow, right? Remember how in the beginning of Arrow, he when he was on the island, he didn't know anything, and then by the end, he was all scary and stuff. And then we got to watch over. Eight seasons as he grew. Uh, five. Person. You Just can't. Five. You can't five. even. You can't even run with this. Five because because that's when the island stopped. Yeah, yeah over five seasons he grew to be that person. That's what this is going to be. This is going to be a show of just the flashbacks from Arrow. Yeah, Doesn't but yeah, it's just the flashbacks, right? Yeah. Maybe they'll cut it with the movie. I think this will be fun. What's the, I do too. We'll talk about it. This is going to be fun. You know, what, you know what it feels to me, and I, I, I'm sure I'm way off on this, but you know how we oftentimes get big uh, project dumps like this, and then a couple kind of just fall off the plate? Mm. This feels like it no, might fall off the plate. It's like what just said. This was this already started filming and everything. This one's filming now. This one's it's real. Like fall off our plate, right? Yeah. If anything, this is the most ironclad of this whole thing that's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. <laughs> This was announced years ago. <laughs> Action figure expert has a point. It's a it's a line I always use. Let's wait to judge it until we see it. I'm I excited for it. I, yeah, thought he was I am in all seriousness excited for it. Not necessarily for him, but for the what it'll do for the universe as a whole. 
right, next story. Next story. So these are like a few. There wasn't much on them. There's a droid story, which this is the one that interests me the least. It will feature the droid duo of C-3PO and R2-D2, as well as a mysterious new hero. It will be produced by Lucasfilm Animation and Industrial Light and Magic. All right, next. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is cool. The next one does, yeah, this one seems interesting. It's going to be called Star Wars Visions, and it's going to be an anthology series in an anime style, basically. It says, the anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Do these things ever work? Yes. Sometimes. I mean, uh, Batman, uh, the thing that oh, came out oh, right before that. That, was, well. that, was, that was awful. Uh, I think we disagree with all of you guys. The, <laughs> animatrix, the Animatrix was the last thing that was kind oh, of cool. Oh, Animatrix was great. Yeah. Animatrix wasn't bad. Oh, I was thinking, they do, there's these Star Wars, um, like, little anime, like, vignettes that they have on YouTube, and they're in an anime style, and those are super good. And they they tell, like, the story of, like, Anakin or something. They'll tell, like, a story in, like, a summary, basically. And they're super cool. And I think that, honestly, is part of why this is happening, because a lot of people love them and have been saying, yeah. like, do a full series of this. No, I like the, cool. the title card, too. I think it's an interesting choice. It's, like, paint kind yeah. of word divisions. Looks cool. The, yeah, this this could be cool. The only thing, it's it's uh, it's a series of shorts. So, right. I mean... It depends on what the I, I'm. I'm wondering what the release schedule of them are going to be. Same with the the Groot ones later. Like it'll be interesting if they drop them all, or or if they'll be like shorts in front of other things. We'll see. Yeah. But, um, and I don't expect them to necessarily change the universe in any interesting way. But I I assume they'll still be good stories. There were only I'm skipping ahead. There were only two movies mentioned. Only one announced. Mm. So. It was it was confirmed because this was a, a rumor a while ago that Taika Waititi was developing a Star Wars movie. Yes. It confirmed that he is. That's it. No. Oh, and they showed the title card too, or they showed the no, art. No, no title. No topic. Nothing. nothing. They, they showed a thing that is for his movie. That's like a very seventies French comic style, like Star Wars. With like made out of stone, it's cool. It's really cool. I'm uh, not familiar with it. I'm sorry. Um, the only other one was um, Patty. The the next film in theaters for Star Wars in 2023 is Patty Jenkins doing Rogue Squadron. Yeah. So I guess that's uh, Rebel era. I assume so. Yeah. She's wearing like, the Rebel. There was a little video of her, and she like had a Rebel. Um, outfit on and like a little mask and stuff also to the the idea of uh, she the video was very effective i don't know if you guys had a chance to see it she has a little introduction video talking about how her father is a military uh fighter pilot and she's always been looking for a story um to imbue things that she loves in pop culture with something that's very close to her which is a movie about her father's experience and then Mm. it reveals that it's rogue squadron i was just like yeah um (laughs) I, and I believe it's going to be the first Star Wars feature film directed by a woman. It, it absolutely so. is. Yeah, yes. because because there have been women Star Wars directors, but it's all been television. Right, right. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard did a, yeah. a very yeah. cool episode of Mandalorian. Um, and Patty Jenkins also directed uh, at least one Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
as well as two as well as two Wonder Woman films. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> never heard of those. But we do know Arrested Development directors go on to make good work. So, yeah. but I just, uh, uh, Jay Chandra Sekar directed one, which I didn't realize, yeah, and of yeah. course the Russo brothers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like Patty Jenkins, so I I think awesome. I'm inclined to look forward to forward to that. I, you know. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I'm not. I've never been super interested in like pilot stuff in general, especially in Star Wars. But you know, I, like I said, I like Patty Jenkins, and I'm I'm excited to see where where it goes. I I would love to watch a X-wing kind of fighter pilot movie or story that doesn't have to do with Luke feeling out the target. I hope that this gives us Just the, the right movie that we deserve. All the others, yeah, like uh, Wedge and Porkins. Yes, <laughs> see that movie. Um, yeah. But is that is that all? Is that all the uh, Star Wars stuff? What if it follows Biggs? Sorry, what I just thought of it. Dark Lighter. Didn't he? Did he die? I don't. I don't remember. I just know that he knew Luke. So what if it goes from like, and we get like a, a CGI Luke in the beginning? Oh God! He like no. says goodbye to his God, friend Luke, no. and he goes to join the rebellion. So I think, have you guys seen Sebastian Stan dressed up at yeah. like, modified? It he's he's does a pretty solid Luke. Um, this is this, is, yeah. this ticks me off so much in fandom, and and we've touched on a little bit here in a, a negative way. There's more than just five fucking characters in the entire universe. No, there aren't. It's you're right. I'm tired <laughs> of it. I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> But it's, it's enough no, with the Skywalkers, enough with the Solos, enough with just the universe has more than ten humans with the same surname. <laughs> okay, please let's get over. Let's get over to the other side of the investor call, which was Marvel and D and Disney. But um, there were it wasn't just Marvel and Disney. There was a couple of little weird tidbits of Fox. Oh yeah, we started with that. I think. Well, no, it, it'll take two seconds. There's an alien TV show that's being developed for FX. By, by Noah Hawley, right? By Noah Hawley, yeah. yeah. The, the creator of Legion and Fargo for television. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it was Pixar that's doing some interesting things that are it's kind of like a weird idea to me. Of They're doing a true story of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I think that's funny, though. So it's it's the story of the real Buzz Lightyear that inspired the toys. Right. So, wow. like, a right stuff slash space opera hmm. in, like, taking seriously that gets turned into a cartoon, and it's voiced by Chris Evans. I think that sounds awesome. Yeah, and I think I, it sounds fun. And, yeah. and, and, like, they showed one picture, and it's it looks like the jawline of Buzz, but it's kind of photorealistic, <laughs> and it's <laughs> funny. It seems to me like this is going to be like um, the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command TV show, which I loved as a kid, hmm. which was like, it was about Buzz in Star Command, and he had his Star Command friends, and they went on... Yeah, it, was, it was real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was as real as a cartoon, yeah. And it was so good. I loved it. Was, it. it was real in so much as it told the actual stories of Buzz yeah. Lightyear and Star like Command. The lasers actually were out of stuff. Yeah. And actually and they, uh, the, the only synopsis was that it was the real story of Buzz Lightyear as a, uh, in his early test pilot days. Yeah. Hmm. Um, which I think is hilarious. And if, this, if it works and it's like totally fantastic, I mean, I'm, I'm all in for Sheriff Woody yeah. <laughs> in the actual Old West. Yeah. Oh, and Sheriff and Woody. Woody the shit. He's got but, and Jesse and yeah. But just to play devil's ab advocate here, um, you never do that. 
Do you <laughs> do you think that it, it um how do you feel about Pixar once again mining the Toy Story franchise? Um I'm okay with it because they are doing it in a original way. They're twisting it. If it was to, we're developing Toy Story 5 and Woody's Adventures and like then I would probably be like boring. But because this is a different character. I mean, they, it's very made very plain in Toy Story 1 that they are not the people that the toy... Like, Buzz, it's a major plot point that he thinks he's Buzz Lightyear and he's not. So, right, right. this is somebody else. Yeah, I, It's also, like, I love the fourth wall breaking of it all, too. Like, the idea of we... The fake story that we know is about these toys who think there's someone else. This is, like... This is, like, inception of storytelling mm -hmm. where it's actually the real story that inspired the fake story that inspired the toy. I'm like, okay. That's yeah, so weird. Yeah, so this, is yeah. not, this is not the TV show that the toy is based on. Nope. This is the thing that that TV show is based on. That's what right. I'm wondering. Like, that's intriguing. I can't tell <laughs> if that's what it is. Like, is it, is it like what I was saying, like the Star Command show? Like, is this going to be like a movie version of that? Or is it going to be just like a guy who's just a pilot? Guys, this could be everything. This yeah. could be anything ranging from uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command with aliens and weird stuff, all the way to Pixar doing a version of the right stuff. Hmm. It, like, could it could be, be anything yeah. in between. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's cool as hell. I think it's going to be Ad Astra, but with Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a real meditative um, story yeah. about space and travel. Two thousand one. Yeah, it's going to be Interstellar, but with actual emotion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, let's go to Marvel. Uh, I will be I will be quick. So. You guys have options. Wait, what about Indiana Jones you got? that? I'm excited for that. I, see, here's it? the thing. One and three were great, right? Two and four, not so much. Uh, Five could be awesome. Temple of Doom was spectacular. See, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I just Temple kind of of Doom is good. Okay. Also, I'll, if, I, I'll you, do it. if you take like one sequence out of um, Crystal Skull, that would be terrible. Eh, it didn't <laughs> grab me. I want to see him go out on a higher note. That's why I'm excited for this. Every interview. single one of those movies has to do with a specific type of storytelling that was popular in the era that they're in. Yeah. Um, and this one, and part four was based in the 50s, and it attempted to do a science fiction story. Yeah. Because of the popular science fiction tropes. Well, I just thought his character didn't work as well in that one. I don't know. It just, you know, I, I still, it's still no, a movie. I yeah. just, uh, you know, wanted to go out on a on a higher note, so I'm down. A higher note would be to let the song play out. Yeah, um, fifth, the fifth movie. I agree. <laughs> like I if, mean, if, this fifth, if this fifth mo if this fifth movie was ten years ago, maybe. Hmm. But I hmm. mean, I whatever. Anyway, well, so, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. Um. Uh. So, do you guys want? Chronologically, uh, uh, movies and television shows that they announced, or separately? Chronologically. Whichever you want to do. Oh, wow. I'm, okay, cool. So, we'll uh, chronological, because Brian wants chronological. <laughs> yes, so, keep, let's get Brian some. Right off the, right off the top, uh, the, the next things that are coming from Marvel because of coronavirus is their television shows, DC, uh, Disney+. Plus. So, WandaVision officially yes. announced for January 15th. The trailer came out. It looks weird. That's great. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it, it looks great. Um, 
I, I love that I don't know what it's about, even though I think I do know what it's about. Yeah. And they haven't um, really, they've said it, but they haven't really shown it that it's not just the older style sitcoms that they're homaging. Like, there's going to be, like, a single camera office. Oh, style. yeah, yeah. They, I think that sounds, like, fun. Yeah. The, and Catherine Hahn is amazing, so. The new trailer. Watch the new trailer. It, okay. They, they touched into it a lot. Um, okay, cool. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which also uh, launched a new trailer. That comes out March 19th, all on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. Um, the next thing after that is finally Black Widow on May 7th in theaters. They're not committing to any kind of premium service right now. Hmm. Um, but also in that same month, we get Loki, the mm-hmm. Disney Plus yeah. series. I'm new trailer. For Loki. Yeah. The trailer was fantastic. It's, um, yeah. It takes place... It, it follows the Loki divergence from... Endgame, where he gets the Cosmic Cube and, and runs off. So it's the Loki that's still alive that has not gone through any character development right. that happened throughout the Thor movies and the rest of the Avengers movies, which I think is cool. And Owen Wilson um, is in it. Yeah, uh, Owen Wilson is like in it. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> it deals with the time variance authority. TVA. So you know it's going to be weird uh, time travel, alternate yeah. dimensions, cool action show. Like- it looked like there was a shot of Black Widow. That was mm-hmm. cool. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Also, it looks like it's going to be fun. Loki looks like it's going to be a hell of a good time. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Uh, and they do have little, like, now that you mention it, there was, like, a shot of the Avengers all together. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice yeah. that they can do that kind of stuff, and it doesn't feel, like, um, shoehorned in. You know, it makes sense. They uh, have, they're selling it as a um, mystery. It's a mystery yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, I think they're going to, Rely heavily on the idea of a couple years ago, there was a series, uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard. I think they're going to uh, backdoor kind of the idea of him being an agent of this time mm. variant for some other reason or other to go to these different dimensions to do shit. He's in, the like in one of the scenes, he's wearing like something that's very similar to the Agent of Asgard, like green suit with the shorter helmets or the shorter. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're going to play with every single variation of Loki, which I think yeah. is cool. Yeah. There's the vote for Loki thing that I'm excited to see. Yeah. 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 Um, well, before we before we move on too too fast, what are y'all thoughts about Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Oh, that's I, actually what I was just. It, this I'm is like, yeah, it looks cool. I, you know, this whole, like, total blend of, of movie and TV works. I think that's one of the most obvious places because they have been mm-hmm. major characters in film. Like, they weren't the star of any of those things, but they were, they were any, everything but, you know, the movies that they were in. Mm-hmm. And also, this is a real little thing. I just noticed last night. It is called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, not mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. And for some reason, that just gives me, like, a cool... 70s spy action movie feel to that title, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like it's, uh, it's got a nice ring to it. That's intentional. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish um, it was. I mean, it's. I I get why it's not, but I wish it was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Like, well, maybe by the end it will be. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Maybe the title might change. Yeah. I yeah, it's it's um. I uh, this was my favorite era of comics. Uh, Captain America comics. The when you took when they took um, Captain America off the board, it's happened twice in current times when he killed when they killed him, and there was that fight for the shield kind of thing. Um, but it was a focus on the the side characters or the the rest of the cast. And then in Rick Remender's run, where they aged him, and that's when um, Sam Wilson got the shield. I like that they're melding these two like great eras of um, 
of comics into one show because I don't know, to me it's 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 almost like an easier and better way of showing how a character how important a character is by taking them out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Seeing how everyone tries to fill the void. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is awesome and that's what this show seems to be. Like I know that they're gonna deal with the US agent. So you'll have the government's response to how they're supposed to fill the void, but then you'll have the actual real response of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldiers to how they plan to try and fill the void. I think that's the great. Guy, the guy playing U.S. Agent is cool, too. He was on a, a show called Lodge 49. He's um, he's two famous Kurt, actors, kids. Kurt Russell's son. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it, I really liked him in that show, and it's a real shame that that show did not get picked up for a third season. You were the third person that was re- that was watching it. Just three people. No, I know another I guy. That's four. Uh, no, that was number two. Oh, he yeah, was already he counted. Was, he was number two. Shit. He was already counted. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think at some point, either in the first or second season, we'll see the shield change hands again? I think they're going to hold it off to like the end of the second, at the end of the first season. Um, Do you think we'll I, see old Captain America at any point? That's what I was uh, thinking too. I do actually. I, so yeah, okay. So I do think that we're gonna get um, CG faced Chris mm. Evans. Mm. I do think that the whole first season arc is going to be about um, battling U.S. Agent, whether it's because he's mind controlled or crazy drug addled. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it'll be. I think it'll it'll also kind of maybe touch a little bit on the feelings of. Uh, what was it? Secret Empire, where the yeah. world thinks that he's great, but oh it's really yeah, bad yeah. Kind of oh, right. yeah, yeah. I think they're going to villainize uh, U.S. Agent. Mm. So, changing hands, probably, but probably not to the very end, as in like the coda. Mm. Is there yeah. even supposed to be a second season of this? My my understanding was just it. in one division or like oh they are talking about it. Yeah, so they're oh, talking okay. about second seasons for Loki and Falcon. Oh, okay. But, cool. I mean, that's just, like, deals in place, potentially, not necessarily yeah. green lights. Just locking them yeah. up, just in case. Right. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, I just didn't think that there even would be. I thought this was going to be kind of like an interstitial kind the of way that, America, you know. The way that they're filming these is very movie-like, not mm. necessarily how uh, historically television shows are filmed, right, which right. usually is, like, week at a time over the course mm-hmm. of, like, six months mm-hmm. or eight months. These are being done... All the scripting, all the pre-production, right. all done in one fell swoop, and then all filming done in one fell swoop. So, it's more amenable to like giant actors' sure. schedules. Yeah, yeah. So I really do. I I could totally see them like funding a, a second season, and mm. yeah, like two years later you get it because these whole seasons they cost about one fifty to two hundred million to pop, which is yeah. an event movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. true. And there's uh, a live on their streaming service okay. where people can rerun them right. and just live there. And it builds the universe, which is something that has never really featured into the economic models before, but definitely does now. Yep. You know? Yeah, because yeah. There's, there's so many different platforms now. Right. Yeah. All right, let's keep it going. because oh, Active yeah. Trader Expert actually brought up something that we were talking about, I think, behind the scenes that I think is interesting is what if they introduce um, Patriot in this show and maybe also Isaiah Bradley. That could mm. be really interesting. Yeah. So they probably are, and we'll get to oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what if is happening? That's uh MCU Ooh, yeah. friendly what if. It's the animated um, show. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Jeffrey Wright yeah. is, is the Watcher, which I'm excited about. And also, What If is awesome, so I'm excited about. Yeah, that I think it's it's yeah. only it's only going to be like ten or so episodes. Uh, but either way, they're all about explicitly about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, the characters in them. So a lot of the voice actors are coming back for it. Yeah. Um, Shang Chi is hitting theaters July 9th, twenty twenty one. This is technically going to be the first Phase Four movie. Oh um, yeah, I guess so. Right. Because right. Black Widow's a prequel. Black Widow's and, a prequel. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Eternals is November fourth, twenty twenty one. Nice. At the I'm end, I'm very excited about that too. Oh, yeah, how do you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I was really hoping that they would show a trailer for it because I'm dying to see footage as to what this movie is going to look like. Oh yeah. This is like an X factor. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a type of Marvel movie we've not seen before. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy was when it came yeah. out. Or yeah. like got, Thor was. Like that first yeah. trailer of Thor. What is this going to look like? Yeah. They got to save something for the Super Bowl. True. Uh, oh, you know, that's a really good point. An yeah. excellent point, then. Yeah. Um, all right. And so at the end of uh, both filming now, but uh, not to be released until the end of 2021, we've got Hawkeye featuring Kate mm -hmm. Bishop and uh, Jim Renner's Hawkeye as well as... Um, no, Hawkeye's going to be a series. That's going to be yeah, a series. Yeah, Disney Plus. Uh, and Ms. Ms. Marvel. Uh, the Kamala Khan. Real... Oh, there's also uh, Ant-Man. Um, That's later. Oh, yeah. we're, later. We're, we're going... Oh, we're only doing the You asked for chronological. You asked for chronological. I'm getting to it. going to be in story chronological, to be honest. No. <laughs> Even though we already know it, we revealed for Hawkeye that uh, Haley Steinfeld is coming in as Kate Bishop, which I'm very excited for. Yeah. Yeah, Love they, of my life. They officially, they officially uh, announced that, yeah. Yeah. We've seen set photos already, though, so it was kind of yeah. So, um, is so that's Kate Bishop the love of your life or Haley Stanfield? Sure. Yes. Wait, are <laughs> actors not the people that they play on screen? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's that's 2021. That's all solidified. Exact dates are a little mushy with the end of the year for television shows, but 2021 is is capped. That's all of it. Then we get into the movies of 2022 that are scheduled. But the television shows of 2022 aren't. That's so right. we'll do the, sh the movies that we know have dates. And then I'll do all the unannounced. Okay. okay. So 2022, the very first thing that kicks off movie-wise is Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. That's March 25th, 2022. Mm -hmm. Sweet. And that one's been confirmed to tie into WandaVision and Spider-Man. And yeah. Loki. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't so, hear about this. Yeah, I didn't know about Loki. Yeah. yeah. So, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, sure. I mean, for sure. They all kind of like you've got you've got manipulation of of timelines and matter with uh, Wandavision. You've got time variance authority with uh, <laughs> with Loki, and then uh, Spider Man Three is apparently shaping up to be um, a Spider Versey type of thing mm -hmm. that we don't know. Actually, that that's supposed to come out next December, uh, but that wasn't a part of this call because that's technically Sony right now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there you go. At the end of 2021, uh, December I think 8th or 9th is Spider-Man 3, which has no official title yet. Do you and think then, that is going to be it, at the end of December 2021? Is that yeah, or did we just, yeah. 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 Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, uh, so, so Doctor Strange, um, uh, uh, all that casting is out already. Um, May 6th, 2022, Love and Thunder, Thor yeah. 4. Uh, Christian Bale was announced as Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. So this, this movie is going to, I mean, traverse a couple different eras of uh, Jason Aaron's run or just Thor in general. So it'll have 
the mighty Thor, Jane Foster Thor, as well as Thor Thor, and then <laughs> Gore the God Butcher, which is the whole super arc of all Jason Aaron's run. It should be interesting. I am down for Christian Bale. I yeah. just need it. I need it to be serious. Like oh, I just, I, I can't do Gore as a comedy. I just, Hold on. I can't. That's why I was surprised Gore was in it because like I don't think, I don't think Gore will be a joke. Right. Other things happening around it will have humor in it. Hmm. I guess. Well, here's just, the thing: Taika Waititi has proven, uh, especially with the Mandalorian, that well, yes, he's a guy that he, he can get a joke. But he can definitely do some great action, and he can do some very serious, you know, um, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who's watched uh, Jojo Rabbit can say that he can definitely walk the line between the surreal and the real and realistic and heartbreaking and very dramatic. So while I'm not a fan of Ragnarok because I thought it was just too jokey, it was like it was Thor the 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 sitcom. That's what I felt. I do trust that him that he can rein it in with this next film. the 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 title "Love and Thunder" definitely evokes the same kind of mood as Ragnarok, but Ragnarok that title didn't evoke the mood of the movie. So yeah. perhaps. Yeah. He will, you know, give us the do the uh, similar twist with I this. Mean, Ragnarok had some pretty heartfelt, serious moments too. You know, it was yeah, not it was, it was not just a comedy, although I it would was say overall it was a comedy. Though, um, I the, his early descriptions of it was uh, Love and Thunder. Early descriptions of it is that he wanted to um, lean into the romantic aspects of it. Like, do a romance in the Marvel Universe between, you know, you've got two spurned lovers meeting up again under different circumstances to have that be a central conflict. But that won't be the, the, that's only going to be the character conflict. Mm. Everything else is going to be, you know, this butcher of gods taking out all these entities kind of thing. Like, I think, I think he'll balance it fine. What if, with how Marvel's been, with what this slate seems to be, what if, Jane Foster is an alternate Jane Foster. And it's two Thors, two alternate Thors coming together against Gore. Well, the, the rumors, some rumors are that um, the Loki series will help kind of set the groundwork of, of getting Mjolnir back. Mm. So we'll see. I don't know. Because I just wonder like, how you're going to introduce a new Thor and then also have a separate conflict. You know? Like... Yeah, no, I, I don't think I think those could dovetail pretty. You know, even introducing a new Thor is is not a um, physical conflict. You know, True. so that could happen, and then but then they have to deal with this. I just assume they're still going to yeah. want like Chris Hemsworth Thor to be the main one. So, like, how do you introduce a new one while keeping this one the main one while also introducing? Go- I don't know. It could definitely it's hard happen. to say. And yeah, maybe Vader and will be in it. That would be awesome. That would be cool. <laughs> but that uh, might be too much. Later into uh, that summer, summer of 2022, we've got Black Panther 2. Um, they are not officially, they are officially not recasting Chadwick Boseman at all. Yeah. Uh, in honor of the character as well as um, the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and have said that they are exploring the characters and world of Wakanda. Mm. Which is fine. 
which says, which sounds to me, which reads to me like they're they're going to pull from the comic book and make one of the women Black Panther, possibly yeah. Sherry, could be um, Lupita Nyong'o's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that would well. probably make more sense in the context of it. You know, like yeah. you lose your your sciency person on the other end of the earpiece. So I was gonna say, yeah, 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 I don't think I don't think Shiri is Shuri in how they depict her in the movies is yeah. right yet. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. I saw, and this is, I think, more just wild fan stuff. But I saw someone say, "What if they bring in an alternate Black Panther?" And what if maybe that alternate Black Panther is Michael B. Jordan? Mm, like so, like uh, an alternate T'Challa from another yeah. verse as a way to get around it. it. They could do that to me. That, but I think people would feel like that reads as a cheat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd rather see if they were going to have T'Challa in it. I'd rather see them just recast it. No in-universe explanation. Uh, you know, it's yeah. just if they were going yeah. to, if they were going to go that route. Right? Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of it being one of the women because I think that fits story-wise with what they set up with in that universe. It also, in a way, can pull from the comics, so you yeah. can kind of, which is what they kind of do. They, had, you yeah. know, take from the comics and then they twist it as they will. Um, I, I appreciate that. I had a conversation with uh, Super Triple Randy about this on Black Tribbles. And he was saying, and this was before they announced that they categorically weren't going to recast it. And he was feeling like Black, like there needed to be a T'Challa out there because he was quote unquote, our guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's fine for him to feel, feel that way. I don't feel like there necessarily has to be a T'Challa out there. Um, and if they are true in the reasons why they don't want to recast it, that it, then it makes even more sense to me. Yeah, it, it, makes, the pool it makes them portrayal. Ball. It makes them portrayal mythic and a symbol mm-hmm. more than just an actual thing, which right. I think almost bolsters Randy's argument. Yeah. Like it, it supports it that it's more important than a person, and it's more important than this. This thing needs to be out there. If you canonize it. In, in almost like a deity kind of way, then it's even it's even stronger than just a new adventure, right? In theory. Right. Well, yeah, but I think you can still have the character Black Panther be there, and it doesn't have to be a guy. Oh no, I'm talking about T'Challa. T'Challa. I'm oh, okay. Specifically, right. just talking about T'Challa, not Black Panther. I think, I think that, personally, I think that the conceit of the movie, and I don't know if you guys said this because I turned my headset out, is going to be almost the battle for the title in a weird way. So like mm-hmm. I can totally see them using um, Mbaku in a way because he kind of has a turn as a mm-hmm. character. I could totally see them trying with with Okoye. I could totally see them trying with, you know, like the the Black Panther doesn't necessarily have to be the royal. Mm-hmm. Does it not? I mean, maybe it did historically. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, maybe they, want to they also need to figure like, out how to get another heart-shaped herb. If but, that even is a thing, maybe like not. maybe it won't be a thing. Just like how Super Soldier yeah. Serum is not going to be like yeah. all of the things we're talking about is enough conflict to fill a movie. Mm. Amen. So mm. I, I have full confidence in Ryan Coogler and his team. Mm. All there, right there for it. Yeah. Um, speaking of sequels, mm. November eleventh, twenty twenty two, Captain Marvel two. Oh, sweet! 
hadn't heard of that. that uh, Brie Larson is returning. Um, Nia DaCosta is directing, which mm-hmm. I think is really, really cool. Um, Who I'm, is that? Obviously, um, she is a, uh, um, a woman of color, and she, I mean, her movie got sidetracked by the coronavirus. She was she directed the um, uh, Candyman. Candyman, yeah. Oh, everything I've seen of that movie looks slick as shit, and I was really <laughs> excited to watch it, but coronavirus. Yeah, she's uh, she's a she's a, a pretty good uh, director. But it was enough to get her a very high profile job with Disney. I think that's yeah. awesome. You yeah. know. Um, it's the kind of it's the kind of behind the scenes kind of hiring that was exciting, like with James Gunn. Like this is a dude that makes goopy horror movies, and you're putting him in charge of a space opera. Like, what do you know that we don't? Like, that's the kind of cast. Like, that's the kind of hiring that I think this is cool. If you want to check out something that she did, she did a film. Um, we actually reviewed it on the Michelle Mission from 2019. It's a small little film called Little Woods. It's a nice little crime drama that stars Tessa Thompson and uh, Lily James. Um, it's kind of like almost like a real like small uh, like noir film, but it, it's real tight. It's really really uh, atmospheric and it's it's really good. Spot on. So uh, look, awesome. look for that. Little Woods. Little Woods. Um, and the the last thing that we know of. Oh wait. Oh sorry. Oh, I, I, oh so Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, are going to be a part of Captain Marvel 2. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, boy! Characters That's introduced so to the TV shows. Yeah, yeah, Ms. Marvel yeah. Who's in WandaVision? I mean, Monica Rambeau yeah. is... Um, yeah. Although so technically Marvel introduced in Captain Marvel, cool. the movie. I'm excited that they're doing that. Yeah, they're, they're bridging things uh, better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, the only other thing that we know that has a date in 2022 is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Uh. <laughs> it, it will be live action, hmm. and they're filming it at the same time that they're in production for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is coming out at an unspecified date in 2023. Listen, if it's as good as the High School Musical, the musical, the series holiday special, I'm in. I'm sure it will be. So that's a in my world, that's a low bar. Uh, I haven't actually seen it. I just found out it happened yesterday. I'm going to watch I, it. I, I just think that, so um, uh, James Gunn was all over social media talking about how uh, he thought that, like, it was mentioned as a joke years ago because he unironically likes the Star Wars holiday special. Like, you took the, the live-action characters and you did something weird with it, and it was kind of cool and holiday-themed, doing that with Guardians of the Galaxy. And... The way that production lined up, he was like, you know, we could film something really quick and I'll mm. write it and direct it. And Disney Plus was like, yeah, sure. Hmm. So that's happening, which I think is weird as hell, but kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if it was anybody but Guardians of the Galaxy, I'd be like, uh, but this yeah. sounds like it's going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it, if anything, it was, it's, the, it's the first time that we've had any official word when... Volume three is going to be in production, right? Right. Like that was that was maybe like the biggest takeaway of it. But well, then also, have... if it was uh, Taika Waititi filming it at the same time as Thor: Love and Thunder, I could I could also see that being good. True. True. <laughs> um, action figure expert is saying it's going to be like the Star Wars holiday special. No, it's uh, not. <laughs> maybe by de- maybe by design, but with a little less B. Arthur. I want to watch Yondu oh. watching that movie that Uncle Chewie was watching. He's dead. Yandy's well, dead. listen, it's a holiday special. Nothing's okay. real. All right, so so let's let's quickly go through the stuff that's unscheduled but was announced. Movies and uh, 
television shows. So on the TV landscape, and I have a feeling a lot of these are going to come out in 2022 and between those movies, they're just, mm-hmm. they have no dates. So we've got She-Hulk, which was previously announced, only now we've got conf- confirmation that Tom Tatiana yeah. In, in the show, She's and so it was good. announced. It was announced that Tim Roth is returning as the Abomination, yeah. and Mark Ruffalo is going to be showing up. They yeah. they made very specific reference to this, focusing a lot on her specialty being superhero law, mm-hmm. and that from episode to episode, we don't know who's going to be showing up. Mm. So I thought that that was a really cute kind of, and it is it is going to be a comedy. I was about to say that because yeah. I'm a huge Tatiana Vaslani uh, fan. Yeah. But I would love to see her do something comedic because she's yeah. definitely done action. She's definitely done drama. Um, she's and, in an episode of Parks and Rec, a uh, two episode actually, couple, and yeah. she's good. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I've I've only seen her, you know, primarily in Orphan Black and yeah. a couple other things, and then she was in um, on HBO. She's uh, she's uh, in the Perry Mason show. Which is definitely more dramatic. So I like seeing her. I I, I, I want to see her be more comedic. So I'm I'm all for this. I'm I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. I, I hope they bring back Tim Blake Nelson as the leader. Remember that? There's that like last. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next thing uh, is Moon Knight. No cast announced. No date announced. Just they're doing it. Um, I'm in. I'm into that. Rumors rumors are that it's Oscar Isaac. That'd be cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Moon Knight's cool. Yeah, Moon Knight's actually really cool. There's, a, I've, I've read a couple of series and they're fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> Secret Invasion was announced. This one, I'm yeah. very excited for. Which, yeah. which will be a Disney Plus series. So, oh, okay, sorry, these are all Disney Plus series. Which will be a Disney Plus event series and will feature Nick Fury, uh, Samuel Jackson, and Ben Mendelsohn, who's returning as the Talos, uh, Talos the Scroll. Mm. Yeah, this is interesting because we'll keep going. What do you mean the difference? You said that you made a distinction between the event series and a, and a series. Um, that, that, like, this is not planned to be like some big ongoing, like this. This is not season two. This is a mini series. This is a, an event series. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's interesting to me that they're doing, of the events to do a show of, this wouldn't be the one I picked since the whole event was like two days. Like, this is like, like if you were to tell me between Civil War and Secret Invasion, you were going to make a movie of one and a show of the other. I would much rather have seen a show of Civil War and give just Secret Invasion a movie because it it's mostly like a single event that happens like at one time as opposed to something that happens over the course of time in the comics at least. But, you know, Secret Invasion is cool and there's all this there's obviously a lot of build up that can be done. So I'm still I'm definitely excited. Yeah, I, I think I think television leans itself really well to the idea of a bunch of sleeper cells being awoken at once across mm-hmm. the across yeah, the world mm-hmm. and you've got and I do think this is the beginning of sword. So this is this is the promise delivered of that was that was laid out by the uh, end credit sequence of Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, uh, far from which home. I just saw. <laughs> far from home. it was awesome. Yeah, this is this is that <laughs> this is the continuation of that. So I I don't know I it the the in the comic it was just like two days. I don't think that that yeah it doesn't matter. I mean obviously the movie never right also twenty four. Twenty-four took place over one day. Yeah, I was going to say the whole series could be one day. You, we yeah. don't know. And remember, they are very good about taking the title just for branding, yeah. sake, and then yeah. tweaking it. You know, yeah. Age of Ultron was a time travel story, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, the other events. Eddie, you're, muted. you're muted, there, dude. I was gonna say Civil War. Civil War was a cos cosplayers in a parking lot story. <laughs> Go mute, JD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The other event series, not television series, but event series that they mentioned was Armor Wars featuring Don Ooh, yeah. as War Machine. JD thinks this is stupid. Really? Uh, and no, he'll tell no, you why. No, yeah. no. JD does not think it's stupid. JD saw the, the elevator pitch and thinks it's stupid. It's played out. The elevator pitch is, what happens when Tony Stark's tech gets into the wrong hands to which i respond oh iron man one iron man two iron man three uh spider-man far from home half of the stories of the marvel universe in the <laughs> movies are because tony's tech got into the wrong hands that's all yeah he's got a point yeah. but they don't <laughs> yeah. usually they don't, they don't usually us. dress in those outfits that you know what yeah, i mean they're not they're flying around not, in other yeah, yeah, armor also, yeah. too, there's no there's no tony stark to fix it yeah, uh, yeah I think that's, that's true. The complex. true. But like, here's the thing: it's it's a story about Rhodey, mm. and the elevator pitch is about Tony. I mean, what what is what? I want to hear what Rhodey has to do with this. You know, there's nothing about mm. Rhodey in this the Rhodey show. Mm. Ah, it's got a point. When we hear more, when we hear more, mm. uh, I may get more excited. But I just laughed at that line. I was like, all right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, Armor Wars, Armor Wars, and then Ironheart. Which were That's what I'm, now I am with. They are going to be um, interlinked shows. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is she the um, wrong hands? Yeah. Maybe her <laughs> hands are the wrong hands. <laughs> I mean, that would be a twist. Kinda, yeah. be a twist. That works. Um, uh, and they announced that Dominique Thorne is going to be playing Riri Williams. She, uh, if Beale Street could talk, she's a young actress. She's only been in a handful of things, but. Big things. I wonder how they'll do her AI, right? Because in the comics, it was Tony it wasn't Stark. At, it wasn't at first. Wasn't it? Okay. No, I have not read any of her series. I'm just she actually with her she actually stuff. didn't have an AI for like the first twelve issues at all, ah, um, and kind of kept mentioning that she needs a better interface because she mm -hmm. can't multitask that well in the suit. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until it wasn't until Tony Stark passed uh, that he gifted her an AI because he was impressed with her. Right. I mean, yeah, you could just her, in this no, show, you just it do whatever. On her own. Hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was saying, the cool thing about her is she did it on her own. Like, she didn't... Like, obviously, Tony eventually gave her, like, an upgraded, like, set and everything. But if it, originally, she just made her own armor and just decided to go mm -hmm. do the thing. Yeah, part of, her, part of her thing, too, is that she's, she's just... She's a, a brilliant engineer with a photographic memory. So, mm -hmm. she scrapped it together based off of things that she knew out there in the ether about his, mm. his tech and then kind of reverse engineered it. It makes absolutely no sense. But for some reason, when I, when I saw this and I was excited about it, um, I immediately went to the variant cover of Ironheart where she meets Ariel Johnson of American yeah. comics and was like, Oh, are they going to film this in Philly? This would be great. That's all I saw was them acting out that variant cover. Like if they made that happen, I would be like, "Yo, that would be cool." She's um uh, the character's from Chicago. Okay, so deal with Doesn't it. Need to be though. Doesn't need to be. Maybe not in the MCU. It's a different world, man. <laughs> and Ariel, and Ariel can catch a train real quick. Right. Maybe in the MCU, Ariel's comic shop is in Chicago. And no. the last, the last for me, the last thing for. 
television shows on Disney Plus is a <laughs> series of shorts. A series of shorts. I know, I'm just doing this. <laughs> it's a series of shorts about, about Baby Groot called I Am Groot. Ah, what else could it be called, really? Uh, I mean, I, he is Groot. If he is Groot. Groot. He is Groot. But the very end of it is a couple of unscheduled or uh, as yet unscheduled um, movie announcements that they made. So the first was, hey, Blade is going to be a movie. Mahershala mm. Ali is going to be him, and that's it. Like, uh, just but they also kind of they intimated that they're very close to announcing some things. So I have a feeling this is going to be one of those unscheduled 2023 dates, mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be a film because I guess there was rumors that it might be a television show. No, but it, it's a film. Um, Two-time Academy Award-winning Mahershala Ali got no time for TV. Who was in a full season of Luke Cage? Yeah. So it could go either way. No, before that, that was before the Oscars. Before the Oscars. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, they also announced uh, Peyton Reed is returning to write and direct Ant Man and the Wasp, will be, which will be called Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. Like um, Down in Quantumania. Down in Quantumania. Whole cast returning. They've recast Cassie Lang. So oh, here, yeah. here's where all the bits of the young uh, Avengers kinds of come in. We've got. Um, Cassie Lang, we've got Kate Bishop. There's hints of Isaiah Bradley being a part of the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, mm-hmm. show. Um, and um, the Jonathan Majors was cast as Kang the Conqueror in Quantum yeah. Media. I'm really excited about that. Which is Iron Lad. But also, well, okay. Well, but maybe Iron Lad, but also with them um, doing an Iron Heart series, she could also kind of be shunted. That's true. Yeah, so, oh, so we've got all these, also to Kamala yeah. Khan. So we've right. got a version of the Young Avengers kind of collecting from all these other disparate, like, properties, and mm-hmm. I mean, they'd be stupid not to eventually have some sort of their own thing. Even Peter Parker is a part of it if he wants to, you know? Because yeah. he's in I mean, that age there range. Was, there was the Ultimates, the Young Ultimates, I think, and Miles was the head of that, so you could have Peter be the head of this one. Mm. Oh, what if they took all those characters and then they did them? They did them as kind of like you know a Young Avengers thing, but they did the Young Avengers in the style of Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Yo, I would be right there. All these, all these different characters. Yeah. That could also be a reason for them to introduce Miles Morales into this. Then they could do a crossover with Sony and make all the money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the very last thing that they announced is that they are in development of Fantastic Four film. Yeah. Directed by John Watts. Yeah. Yeah. The the director of uh, the Spider-Man movies, right? Yeah. So so now it looks like we've got um, uh, a couple of directors that are like deep Disney Mm -hmm. directors now, right? So you've Mm -hmm. got uh, Favreau, <laughs> John Watts now, the Russo brothers-ish. Um, these these directors that are like jumping from property to property inside mm-hmm. of like Star Wars or Disney and stuff, which is kind of funny. And I wonder yeah. if this means... Because, I mean, the MCU does tend to... Well, not completely, but a lot of the time they pull from um, the Ultimate Universe. And in the Ultimate Universe... The Fantastic Four are like teenagers, or, or maybe college age. I think. No. Yeah. John Watts, no. the movie he's directed so far. I, no. I guess, That's one character any, that he's done so on. far. Though. If it's any, if it's any indication of either the timeline of events and or how Kevin Feige described it, I don't think they're going to go that way, because he they're they're doing Quantum Mania first, right? 
which is going to be all kinds of quantum zone and, time and, to have and read. stuff. Hold on. And then he explained them. He, he introduced them as Marvel's first family. So it's going to be a fully baked or like Ooh. handful of people that are a part of a, a collective already. Not in grade school. I met this guy who <laughs> wanted to be a pilot kind of a story. Like, I think and they're going to come up with girlfriend. a way. Yeah. I think they're going to come up with a way for them to be kind of already intact and then uh, retroactively introduce them. Like maybe they were the Fantastic Four and something happened and they've been gone. Yeah, wasn't there, wasn't there rumors about just like they were in the 60s and then they disappeared in the quantum realm or some stuff? Yeah. Like Reed Richards could exist in the Marvel Universe, the yeah. cinematic universe. He's just not been around for a while. Remember, maybe not famous. You know, I mean, like they did it fine with um, Hank Pym. They insinuated him. Yeah. And his dad's in it now. So there we go. His dad? You mean- Apparently, at least what I read is that Kang may or may not have been Reed's father at some point. Or his, or Dr. Doom's distant descendant. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think they would probably go that route if he, well, who knows? But I think he tends to be more somebody who is actually from the future. But he's still oh, named Emmanuel Richards. Come, he could come back at any point. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. So that's all of it. Before we go away, it, does everyone want to say what they're most excited about real quick? Over uh, all of them? One? No, I, well, I don't, I don't uh, pick a Star Wars <laughs> one and pick a Marvel one. <laughs> you want to start, Noel? Sure. I'll start. because no, no, Let me start. Let me get, let me get you know, pouty mouth out of the way. Um... I can't. Star Wars. I'm probably most excited about Ahsoka. Um, uh, I'd have to learn more about Lando and a couple of the other things. Um, so, so right now, Ahsoka is probably the one I'm most excited about. Um, even though that Rogue Squadron sounds kind of cool, I, I will will cap for that. And as far as on the Marvel side, um, Loki of the things that we've seen stuff of. Loki looks the most interesting to me. They, they all look kind of fun, but Loki looks like the most interesting mm-hmm. to me of the things that we have seen. Um, even though I'm, I'm, I'm down for for um, what if, but that all depends on like the animation and everything. Oh, it looks cool. Have you seen the trailer? I've seen the trailer, but you know, you still, it, it, I, I'm. I'm there for it, but I yeah. think we're thinking more live action, and Loki looks like the most fun. Um, right now to me and of the stuff that we haven't seen all we've seen is title cards and all this other type of stuff um i'm probably most excited about probably iron heart probably iron heart i'm with you then the ahsoka is I think Star Wars Ahsoka is the one that I am most excited about. That's way easier for me to narrow down. Like Marvel, I could give you like, I don't know, WandaVision, Loki, Fantastic Four. Uh, I'm excited for Kang. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm equally excited about a lot of shit in the Marvel stuff on the Marvel side. Yeah, and I would be excited about Fantastic Four, but mm-hmm. I, I, and uh, I think they've got a good director on it. I mm-hmm. just need to hear more. Sure. Like at least, yeah, yeah. at least the like the yeah. casting before I like Eternals. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm most ex- uh, for Star Wars. I'm most excited about Rogue Squadron. Hmm. I think that's just an awesome opportunity uh, for something like uh, it's 
it's only ever been treated in, in other media, sure, in books and comics, sure, but like in film and television, it's only ever been treated as like these side characters. Mm-hmm. But they're so vital and they're so important to every single conflict that's happened in all of Star Wars or like larger conflicts. And I think that's just really cool. Um, and then knowing where Patty Jenkins is coming from, I'm very excited about it. Yes. Which characters are the Rogue Squadron? Uh, we don't know. I think that's great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's their, sure. it's it, they're, it's a it's a they're just fighter pilots. Oh, I felt like this was like a big part of Star Wars lore that I just didn't know. Like mm. I, I wasn't aware of who the characters were. Or something. It's a yeah, it's I mean, a, the name of a squadron, like just a yeah. a, a group like of Black pilots. Squadron. Yeah. yeah, they they, they come in and out. With Luke, you know, in um, in the Death the Death Thank Star. Thank you. Oh, so they're a part of the Death Star thing. Oh, the, great. Oh, wait, hang on. like a. A faction or a name of, of or like a squadron of, of troopers that have their own designation. It's not just for one time. It's yeah. usually a historic. Um, right. I was just explaining the JD. That's why so, it's one time. I know, but I don't. I don't want JD to think that like oh they only it's only about the Death Star run. Like yeah. no, it's it's a historic thing that a lot of like soldiers have come in and out of the yeah. Rogue Squadron. So I think that's gonna. It's. I, I love it when sci-fi kind of goes militaristic sometimes and, and gets into the, like the, the foot soldiers of it all and, and what it's like in the trenches when you're actually fighting a war and, and like dog mm. fighting. I think that's going to be great. Watch Clone Wars. No. <laughs> Watch Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Loved it. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's for Star Wars. For me, for um, Marvel, I think I'm most excited for Shang-Chi. <clears throat> I got to see, see it. That's why I'm most excited for these unknown quantities. These, these, like you know, we've seen Marvel do this genre, that genre, that genre. We've never seen them do a martial arts film. We've never seen them do like when they're playing with these other genres and these other types of cultures and and imbuing them with you know the fun of comics and and crazy storytelling i'm more excited for what like is it going to be like enter the fist is it going to have a giant dragon i don't know but i'm really like i'm down to find out um and then maybe she hulk because Ooh, I've, been yeah. reading, I've been reading she hulk and that show could go in 10 different ways and i'm kind of interested into what it's going to be yeah i'm going to change my vote it's just she hulk oh yeah. Yeah, yeah i She-Hulk. forgot about that one there's, yeah. a, lot of, there's a lot of marvel stuff <laughs> yeah for me uh Star Wars is Ahsoka. Um, of the announced Marvel stuff, it would definitely be Loki. And yeah, yeah probably, probably She-Hulk, She-Hulk as well. Maybe Ironheart? I don't know. Hmm. Or Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion definitely interests me, depending on how they do it. In fact, I would, I'll say Secret Invasion. JD's is Iron, or is Armor Wars and uh, Andor. Right? <laughs> I mean, when wide, Lens is actually Andor, of course. Oh, yeah. I, I know you guys were going to vote Andor across the board, so we're taking it off. We're taking it off the stage. You can't pick it. Um, Ahsoka and She-Hulk. Yeah. There you go. Succinct. Those are the ones that really, for some reason, well, I mean, I know why Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka. But, like, for some reason, She-Hulk really, mm. I'm really interested in that and what they can mm. do with it. Um, you know, one of the cool things, and I'm surprised they haven't done anything like this recently, is at one point you had She-Hulk and Howard the Duck about two, about an office away from each other mm-hmm. in, in a building, <laughs> and then you also got you know the Murdoch. Um, yeah, Matt Murdoch. Mm. The Murdoch, uh, what's it called? Murdoch and Nelson. Mur- Murdoch and Nelson. How come there's never been <laughs> like a superhero court drama comedy 
where you have like you could have uh, the Howard the Duck, I uh, mean Jessica Jones, you know, doing um, yeah, uh, which private dick stuff, and then you've yeah. got Matt and um, and She Hulk. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone doing a court drama comedy. Let's see, those seem very. Uh, I mean, uh, Allie McBeal was. Uh, Allie McBeal, yeah. Boston Public, pretty much anything. Guys, Richard or I'm what? Young, David Kelly. I don't know these things. You're old. <laughs> how does oh, man, I, so I, how does technology work? <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure it out because there's all this newfangled technology, and I'm so old. <laughs> the funny oh, thing I is, funny thing is, I've made a few friends lately, and they're all much younger than me. And they all make fun of me for being the old one. So it's nice being here. And you guys old, are the old one. How old are you, Brandon? I'm 25, but they're all like 18, 19. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, just surprised that Brandon's made new friends with, lately. I'm so happy. It, <laughs> the year of the pandemic. No, I'm happy. I said I'm happy. I'm happy because you know how often he's always like, no, I don't feel like it. No, I, I'd, I'd rather eat churches. <laughs> Go to chicken. Oh, uh, Robert uh, Palaccio says that's two having to feel references in one episode, and I'm here for it. It is excellent. Uh, Robert Palaccio, longtime friend of me personally, huh. and may have been watching the show for a little no while. No time friend sure. of me personally. No. Yeah, I don't know hey, who you are. Sir. <laughs> Want to be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm taking this. I'm taking this uh, quarantine pandemic situation and, uh, as an opportunity to make new friends. Robert, in fact, everyone, whoever's in charge, cut off all the mics, all the cameras, so I can just talk to Robert personally. I can give if everyone own. in the chat can just disappear. Uh, Brendan and Robert want to talk. Why are we doing this? We're going so long already. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we, go, we go live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. You can join us here, comment, like, subscribe, do all that stuff, hang out with us. It's a blasty blast. <coughs> you can come down to 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA, and come to Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, which is my comic shop. You see a small portion of it behind me. Um, and, Noel, where can the people find you? Yes! <laughs> you can find me anywhere on social media. Um, uh, during the week, we do some Thunder Rounds. Um, I'll just see you next week. Oh, uh, on Twitter, at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. Thanks. Len. Hey, holla at a triple every place that you find the Black Tribbles. Too cool to be geeks. Too cute to be nerds. We are Black Tribbles. Holla, 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 holla. Uh, Brian. Uh, I'm at brianleavedesign.com, and sometimes I go out into the world, and I drive around, and on streets and whatever, and you might look and see me. Just keep an eye out. I agree with Brian. That's where you can find me. If you, if you ever, I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever, (laughs) I'll be there. I forgot Brandon was on your present. Is that a threat? Are you a threat? (laughs) Maybe. Brandon is the core of every you. love I don't know. ever. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, his, his tongue is green. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk at you later. More specifically. <laughs> <next>. <laughs>